0: Welcome back to Remap Sports, and sports-adjacent podcast that sets out to disprove the notion that people with lives dedicated to pixels jumping across the screen can't also be unhealthily interested in what nerds condescendingly call sports ball every Super Bowl. Rob, fuck the listeners, fuck their questions. I got one question for you. Are the Bears back, baby?
1: Oh, they're back, baby. You know what? If the season were starting like three, four weeks ago, this is a playoff team. They're Rob, taking the North, Rob, and they're not giving it back. Rob, is this, a, is this a team that's dangerous that you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs? Like, oh, you got these number one, number
0: two seeds. Ooh. Oh, like they're frisky hungry. Behind. They're hungry.
1: Frisky's in the rearview, baby. They are dangerous. <laughs> they're nasty.
0: Uh, the Chicago Bears are, what, seven and eight uh, after a— 37 to 13. No, I think they're uh seven and nine. Seven and nine? I get confused. Because that's why they're not in the seasons. playoff hunt. Yep, 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 yep. Uh uh they are out of the playoffs. Mathematically limited because uh oh, gee golly, the Vikings and Packers didn't tie <laughs> on Sunday night, which Damn. I think was what was required for their hopes to stay alive, but uh they are Suddenly, an interesting team that is made all the more interesting by the fact that, as a result of King Polls uh, uh, taking, uh, you know, uh, trading away the first uh, round, uh, first uh, draft pick the in the first round. In retrospect,
1: one of the most incredible fleecings of the past few years. So, hey, our right now, I don't think this come up on the recording, but my
0: local, my, the town I live in, is doing uh, their like tornado drill siren, and I think that's just them backing up are facts about the Chicago Bears that King Poles did one of the greatest trades of all time. I mean, really. Like, the idea that you can have back-to-back... Look, Rob, we may not have back-to-back division titles. We may not have back-to-back playoff wins. We may not have back-to-back Super Bowl appearances. But we have back-to-back number one overall (laughs) draft picks. Rob, I generally don't know what to make or do of this this, uh, Chicago Bears team. There are... Two uh, uh, really highly regarded prospects and Caleb Williams and Drake May uh, next year. But, I mean, Justin Fields put on a clinic uh, against the Falcons. He has looked surprisingly good the last couple of games. And I was, we can get into this later, but I was at Soldier Field with my daughter. And you could hear chants of, we want fields, keep fields. Uh, What do you make of this team and their like surprisingly bright future despite the fact that At one point, this was one of the most hellacious stretches I've ever watched for the Chicago Bears when this season started.
1: So I've been thinking about this a lot. And one of the things that frustrates me here is that this is such an old school Bears feeling where you come to the end of a lost season and you'd start to see flickers of like, you know, this could be a really good team next year. They've got, you know, they've got some pieces in place. And if they if they'd come out of the gate stronger, they'd be they'd be in playoffs right now. Um. If they hadn't hadn't blown back-to-back
0: the Browns and Lions, they blew recent losses that would have put them in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's – like when I step back and I I look at this from the perspective of the entire season – Lots of teams do get better as the season goes on. Like, you know, you if you, you know, everyone's going to get ravaged by injuries at some point. The Bears had a lot of injuries front loading the season, but like guys are coming back healthier. And so like you have parts of the team that are working better now than they were. Uh, you know, there there are other teams in the opposite boat where like they're just getting devastated uh, by, the, by their starters. But in general, I think there's a lot of teams that can get better across the season. Because these are professional athletes and in general, like nobody's really that shit at their job. And so you can, over the course of like a lot of games, get your team a little better at being the best version of itself. Like those reps matter. I think it is still pretty damning that this team came out of the gate so unprepared that the team was like not in shape to compete uh, at an NFL level. For the first four weeks out of the season, and so even though like there's a lot of like st- stepping back and talking first about like um, from from top level down, I feel better about general manager uh, Ryan Ryan Paul's Yeah, like I think the free agent signings he's made have been really good, and obviously the DJ Moore uh, trade like looks amazing. But like these, these were meaningful augmentations uh, that did sort of change the trajectory of the team, which is you you want to see a team be Montez able to. Montez
0: Sweat was like
1: the skeleton key that unlocks. Yes.
0: I mean, a lot of the defensive performance that has turned them into a top ten unit a couple of times, like a top five unit, has been like what did we when we started the year like the big thing the Bears didn't have was a pass rush. They went and got a guy, gave her on a second round pick, gave him a massive extension. He was going to have to play awfully well to he did. Lead, live up to that. And he has not only done that, he is playing like a, a starring role, like completely paying off and making you very quickly forget Chase, Chase Claypool, Claypool yeah. is not even doing anything. The The most vind, the vind, vindication for the Claypool trade, it, it was, I understand why it was made in the moment. Uh, it's hard to get wide receivers. Claypool was a misfire, but at least they cut bait on it. And vindication is, I think Mike McDaniel in uh, Miami is an exceptional coach. And if he couldn't get anything out of Chase Claypool, it at least tells you, well, even though we questioned the coaching in Chicago, that wasn't the problem. He is just like a mini Antonio Brown and he won't be in the league next year.
1: Yeah. So like, I think I feel better about polls. I think I'm okay saying like polls has sort of earned, earned his spot at being part of whatever the next conversations are. Head coach, Matt Aberfluss. um, I'm less sold on in part because I think a big verdict of how good a coaching staff is, is how does that team come out of the gate? Like when you have the off season, you're preparing the team in camp. That is where the coaching is probably going to be at its most impactful. And they were not ready for prime time. And Justin feels like he never held a fucking football uh, when the season started. And so even though like, it's cool that the defense got fixed and the defense is actually pretty damn good now. Uh, and so Fluce's is like uh, the thing he's here to do, which is part culture and part like defense, like both those things, those are boxes that appear to be checked. Like he didn't lose the locker room. This is a team that actually is really bought in on itself. They like playing together. The defense is good. Um, and so I understand like I can understand why you want to say like, all right, yeah, let's keep Fluce. I am less sold on that. I'm just like, I'm uh, starting there, Patrick, like before we even get to the, the gets Luke gets and Justin Fields question. We're talking about like, who's going to be steering the ship from here. I think you and I are pretty united on like <laughs> fire everybody, but like your has got to go. I'm curious where you're at now. I don't think he's the guy. The, the, the thing that
0: everyone keeps pointing to and you hear this a lot like the Chicago bears beat writers. Like, well, I mean, you got to credit the defensive turnaround to him. It's like, yeah, but you know what? He's, he wasn't hired to be the defensive coordinator. I know he is because lest we forget, two members of his staff were dismissed under mysterious circumstances and just labeled HR incidents. Like you can, we don't know exactly what happened, but I don't know, look around you. There's ample evidence for what you might be able to fill in the blanks on. It's not good at the very least. It's not what you want from a, a hits culture. Um, And well, it's in in, in in some ways I can't separate the rest of the coaching staff because I think it would be profound. If you get rid of Eberflus, you're getting rid of Getze. And if you're getting rid of the two of them, you're bringing in a new coach and a new OC. And I think it would be profoundly unfair to Justin Fields to ask him great. at the Chicago Bears to learn a brand new offense here. So if you make the decision to cut Flus, to cut Getzy, uh, then you're also making the decision, I think, because it's, it's frankly the honorable thing to do and, and, and maybe even the right thing to do is to is to trade fields and yep. let him go find a spot somewhere else. And, I mean, Rob, the question, when this goes out a couple of days later, I think it might get answered for us. If they go into Lambeau Field and they yep. they take the Packers. So what's on the, on the table on Sunday for the Bears is a game against the Packers in Lambeau Field. It's a mirror image of the uh, season. Yeah. The Lions game, but also our own season. We started against the Packers. It was a team that felt like they were going to be hunting for a playoff spot, and they got just fucking spanked in the way that this team always gets spanked by the much more, the much better run Green Bay Packers. Even if they don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore, and even if Jordan Love is good but not necessarily transcendent, we'll see. Um, if they go in to Lambeau Field, and they will have so much to play for. They are the coaches are fighting for their jobs. Justin Fields is fighting for a spot on this roster. If they prevent the Packers from going to the playoffs, under no circumstances are any of those things happening. Like, they are not going to fire Iberflus. I think that they're unlikely to trade Fields. And I think you're stuck with Luke Getze. I think that ultimately might be a short-sighted decision driven by emotion rather than, like, a a look at the big picture. Because I think there's lots of reasons to think Yes, Caleb Williams, Drake May are not... No, none of these prospects are surefire. Go look at the list of, you know, top five quarterback picks from the last 10 years. It is a coin flip at best and lots of reasons to argue worse. But for where this team is, like bringing in a high-valued prospect with a team that's ascending, like they're only getting better. Like this is a, with better coaching, a 10-win team that's in the wild card. And the coaching is really what let them down to missing that this year. So... I I would get rid of Floos. I would get rid of Luke Getzey. It would break my heart to get rid of Justin Fields because he's such a fun player. I mean, watching him on like on Instagram Live after the game, smoking a cigar with DJ Moore. Just he's just an all time good guy. Like, and yeah. so is Mr. Trubisky. But you know what? Like, Mr. Trubisky didn't have the electric legs that Justin Fields does. But if you look at Fields has improved. But if you look at his numbers, he doesn't throw over the middle. Like. He has not shown the kind of growth, like, have we just seen, have we seen the ceiling? I don't know. It's probably a little bit higher than where it is. And you can improve that with uh, additional uh, better players. Look at DJ Moore. Um, But you know, my gut tells me they should get rid of everybody and use that capital to slot in yeah. uh new leadership and a new quarterback. Do, do I think what we're going to end up doing, Rob, is trading out of the first pick to like number three maybe getting a Marvin Harrison Jr. or something like that and keeping... But if we get blown out in Lambeau, I think everything is on the table again. So, it's like, it just really depends on what happens in that last week because that's going to dictate the emotions going well, into the offseason.
1: No, I'm with you. I think too much is probably being placed on the Lambeau game, but I do think it's an important bell bellwether from the standpoint of this is a pretty decent Packers team, and they have yeah. everything to play for. <clears throat> yeah. So they are going to give you their best shot. Can you... Match the Packers' best shot at this point because, like, they're not a juggernaut. This is pretty, like, you know, if you're going to say, like, oh, man, if if they come out stronger, you know, if, if we could re-rack this team, you know, this team has a much higher ceiling, then they should be able to beat the Packers um, in, you know, in the kind of game that they're, they're poised for. Um, but I am with you that, yeah, it doesn't, there's too much water under the bridge here. Like, you can't, you can't say, well, I, you know, don't worry about, the last uh, year, you know, the almost calendar year that went by between Bears victories like that's wild at like home,
0: that, at home. Right. It was it was almost an entire year before they'd won at Soldier Field.
1: Uh, or was it, it an was entire this, they won a game? Because it, it was the Patriots game last year where it was like uh you know, they should have hung, they should have, they, 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 they they showed mercy to Belichick. That was their last win until the uh, commander's game. I want to say this year. So it was, either way it was bad. There were like,
0: there was historic like uh, streaks and numbers were being approached at the, the level of play that the, that the the players were at.
1: And there's things that you can say that. uh, Iberflos, like he didn't lose the, the team that, you know, he, they, they stayed together through this adversity, but, you know, Neki kept the team from falling apart for a long time too. Like yeah. a lot of times, you know, these are not dislikable guys. Like the you know, there's they have admirable traits. I think Nagy was probably an even better locker room guy mm-hmm. than uh Flus was for for a number of years. Just at a certain point, uh your record catches up with you. And I'm not sold that this coaching staff has the juice. And I and I think honestly, you know, when we've talked about what do you what what type of team do you want to be? Coach is more important than quarterback. Because, it, you know, I think the Bears team you and I want to root for is a team that's going to be reliably good for 20 years, right? Maybe not yep. always a Super Bowl contender, but, like, you turn on the game, and it's going to be nice to watch. And you got you a know, chance. Have something to play for. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be in that Ravens territory. You want to be in that Steelers territory. You know, guys who, like, they've cycled a lot of quarterbacks through there over the years. But, like, the org, the coaches, like, it all keeps it on the rails. That'll outlive any quarterback. Ideally, that's where you want to be is like long after Fields is ridden off to the sunset, however his career goes, you'd like a core leadership team to be there still like, you know, keeping the keeping the company strong. I'm not sure you have that with Luce. Maybe he is getting better. You have seen evidence that this coaching staff is, is gaining in proficiency. But like, again, it's a bit like the, the Fields evaluation. What's the ceiling here based on right. what we've seen so far? And I do think you're right. Obviously... If you're gonna move on from uh, this coaching staff, then you can't you can't do it to Fields and no. be like time to learn a new system and have another coach who has no buy in on you uh, come through come through the door. And I do think that probably dictates the decision because because here's the weird thing: I can almost take Fields out of it for that reason. You know, you have this this. There's two things that have happened. One, you're trying to evaluate this coaching staff. Maybe they all deserve a second crack at this, but maybe not. Maybe not with Chicago. And two, nobody thought this was going to be the first round pick. Like no, like like Well that's what makes
0: yes, that's what makes the stress of this this decision so much. It's it's like if the if the Panthers had won six games and the the Bears were picking, you know, 7 and 11. It's like we'll, well get a couple
1: of these wide receivers or like one yeah, of the Yeah, and you, of course yeah,
0: you're going to yeah. keep flus. So you're going to keep get like you're going to roll with fields because there's that's the best path in front of you. And having two top ten picks, top
1: 15-ish picks, you're not going to trade transport. up. You get you get weapons. No. Get weapons. Yeah, you it's can, the yeah. number one overall. Correct. And that's the and that's the weird thing. Like it's it's going to feel well. Here, I think Fields actually a really good place about it. You know, before the Falcons game, he said this might be my last game at Soldier Field. Like he he knows what time it is. He's yeah. absolutely like under no illusions about like what the score is here. And I think he can especially if this next game goes well, he can go with his head held high. Like people were chanting his name. His teammates obviously love him. He's likable. He did his job. And I got to believe there's somebody out there that's going to be like, we can fix him. Um, We're quarterback hungry. We don't have the draft capital to go get someone. So like, let's, let's take a flyer on him or maybe you hang on to him and you just wait for quarterback injury season to strike next year. And you find out who, who's who next year's jets are. And that's when you move move fields out the door and uh, it's Caleb time, baby. Like maybe you do something like that, though having those two guys in the same quarterback room would be complicated. But I, I just think like Justin, I think showed a lot. And I think he did enough that probably under normal circumstances, you'd say, hell yeah, let it ride, get this guy more weapons. Let's, you know, let's retool for next year. This could be a good team. First overall with, Caleb Williams and Drake May, um, at stake on ro- which means rookie contracts for those guys. Correct versus whatever you'd have to negotiate with Fields. Now his contract won't be a monster. He has shown shown enough to do it, but the quarterback market is weird.
0: No, because the the, the 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 Giants like the best case scenario for the well Bears, just because uh,
1: they're idiots doesn't mean you have to be.
0: You don't have to. Yeah, do but no, I, it Jones. doesn't matter. They were th- th- yes, they they were idiots for going down that path. But you know they signed Daniel Jones I think to like two year eighty million dollar deal. Fields is better than you know what yeah. I mean. Like yes, you yes. you can. You, there's only so much hardball you can play. Like he, the, the 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 position demands the money that it demands, and so yes, they have uh they have some time with Fields, but not that much time because the the what you put yourself in is that what if next year with will probably be like. A pretty inc- like the, the, the Bears are going to be firmly a like like high risk contender next year, right? Like they definitely should be make the playoffs. Like could get hot and go on a run next year. That's going to be the expectations for the team if they kept even with the rookie. Uh, well, no, no, no. no. I mean, with that, okay, if, yeah, they yeah, kept, yeah. if they kept Fields, but he is going to have Fields is going to have ideal circumstances from a team building perspective in terms of finances, in terms of uh like youth on the team. Like it's ascending, and that lasts. For a couple of years, and then every team gets complicated and what yep. happens when you start handing out big contracts, teams have to get leaner, teams have to get smarter uh you need your quarterback to take on more of the load, which is like, look we turns out we can't pay Marvin Harrison jr. to an extension we were losing dJ Moore you know whatever the case might be, is fields capable of being that type of quarterback? My instinct tells me no, I no. think he is he is a top fifteen like Splash! I mean, like that was like third and eight, where he was supposed to be tackled twice, like in the game against no. the Falcons, and he escaped both those. I wa- we he would, you know, we were the offense was facing, you know, like I could see Fields escape both those tackles. Our our, our tickets were in uh, that uh, that end zone, and it was just spectacular. I mean, utterly spe- One of the coolest things I have ever. Seen. I'm so glad I got to see last year at the Lions. I saw him do one of his 60 yard runs, take it for a touchdown. To watch him do this. Houdini act to get out of like two, te- just
1: unbelievable. But also stuff. the, the other part of this that does make it, it gives me a little bit of hesitation is he made two what you call big time throws in that Falcons game. One yeah. is the route to the corner more Ugh. in the end zone. Like that ball has to be perfect. That is like a, that is a great pass. It was probably his incredible. best pass he
0: has done in the NFL,
1: except then he topped it like a little bit later with that thing that lobbed straight over Moore's head and into his arms, Moore said he couldn't even track it because it was coming in straight from behind above. Uh, and the ball was just there. It just dropped into his arms. Uh, you know, the way, the way Fields arced it there. And so he did not have that accuracy at the start of the year. Like he is still a slow processing quarterback, which is a, he's, it's not as disastrous as it was. He's not like holding onto the ball, like what time you'd read a newspaper. He's not in. taking
0: sacks the way that, I mean, he was taking sacks at a historic rate because he was holding onto the ball for extraordinary yeah. lengths of time. And now we have a decent offensive line. So it's pr- like part of what stuff like that does is, well, what does it tell you? Like when he does take those sacks, it's not usually the offensive line's fault. Like it's usually right. because he should have che- you know, should have checked it down, should have thrown it away. And so what I worry is in a couple of years, When the team gets tighter just by natural roster construction, do we suddenly go, oh, shit, like we handed him a five year bajillion dollar contract and we know what our ceiling is like this is it. It's not even
1: good for Mahomes and he's Patrick Mahomes and the offense is depleted around him. And like the game I watched the other day, suddenly he's doing a lot of fuck it. I'll just run it myself and taking hits. Yeah. To pick up first downs. Um, yeah, he's always been willing to do that. But this year it feels like he has to uh, because there's just too many guys who are going to drop the passes um, and fields. You just don't have that confidence that he can get the pass in the right zone. DJ Moore masks a lot of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, Honestly, I think the most important thing they got this year was DJ Moore, not just because he's a great receiver. It was clear between the lines. This guy was holding a locker room together. Like he came in. And saw that the culture was dog shit. Everyone was in a shitty mood. And like all his comments were the most level headed stuff about like, look, I've played a lot of football. Like I've seen a lot of teams, a lot of bad like, quarterbacks, you know, Allen Robinson. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, uh, yeah, I credit a lot to him. You know, I mean, he had like the cigar, you know, the cigars yeah. for the entire team, you know, after, no, that, after that the guy's win. king of
1: the locker room. That that That, that is the David Ross of uh, receivers.
0: Well, and I also struggle with, uh, you know, because of how public this conversation has become and it hangs over the Bears season, especially so because of that number one pick. You know, yeah, uh, it's cool to see all of the uh, Justin's players saying like, yeah, like we want Fields back next year. What the fuck else are they going to say? You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm not saying they harbor secret feelings like we really got to get Drake May instead, but like they're if not friends, like you're in the trenches with these guys. Yeah. And like, Justin is clearly very likable. Like, like a leader in the locker room. Like, w- what are they going to say? Like, you know, uh, I'm not sure what King Poles should do with that draft. pick. Like, I mean, if you're being pragmatic about roster, like they're not going to say that they're going to say like, we back our boy. And like, we think yeah. he should be back. And, and like, then we's traded. Got, you he's send got that dog like- in him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and when he's traded, you send him the text like, "Hey, big dog, gonna miss you, man. Sucks they didn't keep the <laughs> roster together. We we know you know it won't be the same without you. We know you could have taken us to the Super Bowl." Caleb right. Williams, what's up?
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's, it's the nature of the sport. Like the players are doing what they're doing. The like the 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 media is doing what they're doing, and it just makes me. I mean, I'm so incredibly curious. What are the conversations like? within Hallis Hall, as they pick apart, what do they make? Uh, I mean, it's great. Pro- uh, frankly, look, it's great problems to have. It is. In a world where we keep flu who, what? Worst case scenario, he's like Mike McCarthy 2.0. Like, it's not great. You could do worse.
1: Um, uh, I don't, th- like, to me, the door swings the other way, though, too. If you're going to say, it's time to move on from Fields, this coaching staff doesn't get another crack at a top quarterback.
0: I agree. Like that, no, yeah, it's, it's all or nothing. Like, I think it's, we're either we're like polls is sticking around. I think too many of his picks have worked out. Like you can't yeah. fire the GM that managed to trade you into the number one pick no, and back. No. You know what I mean? Like you just can't do that. So he's here and I think he should be here. I think he, the Claypool thing is, is, is fine. Like he made a mistake, but I think all of his other moves have brought, been defensible, if not outright good decisions. Um, and it's one or the other. You either the core yep. stays together and we figure it out and, and that's we cross a, our fingers. And
1: that is the curse. The Bears, given the chance, the Bears will be like, you know what? I think we crushed it this year. Yeah. Every time, like organizationally, the strongest pull they have is to say everything's fine. Let's not have the hard conversations, because I think this is the aspect in which they are truly a family business. Is that like they would rather <laughs> like they would rather go to the gallows than fire people that they feel they have become close to. Uh, by well, counts, he, Jerry he, Jones he, is similar. Like, you know, he, he, he didn't he didn't want to move on from. Uh, oh, God, who, who preceded McCarthy? Um, not Kellen Moore. Uh, Jason Garrett. Yeah. Um, it was clear that he wasn't the guy, but like he he was a cowboy and he'd been close to that org for years. They didn't want to move on.
0: Didn't didn't um, Garrett come, like he had been in the organization for something like decades, right? Like he, yeah, he was, like was like a he lower, was lower level guy backup, that came up. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the one wild card is the, the Bears as a result of wanting to build this new stadium, hired a team president that is, from my understanding of how the beat reporters have talked about it, has sort of say on football operations. And so, you know, in a scenario where
1: Kevin and Warren, he's given no insight into his thinking none, that man none. has been a Sphinx. Yes. Like uh, everyone is like, man, I hope you got a football guy. He, obviously like he can, he can have the hard conversations and sort this out. And he's given no indication as to whether he's even interested in having those conversations. He's there. He's watching zero, zero read on whether he even views the football operations as really being his primary focus or whether he's there to do a stadium deal.
0: Right. And uh, it's the, uh, frankly, weirdly the exact opposite with Poles, who has, we'll see how long this lasts, but over two years has been a uncharacteristically honest GM about his approach to things. To yeah. some degree, you can never quite tell what these guys are saying uh, in public, but like you, you listen to clips from his radio shows and, you know, he talks about the, like, the ups and downs of a season, what went into a trade, why they did it, why the Claypool thing didn't work out. I mean, like just... Like, frankly, like really appreciative stuff, especially given uh, our our history with someone like Ryan Pace, who just he you know you never heard from, him. you never understood why he made the decisions that he that he was making. Um, and so you know maybe that is he's a new GM, and eventually he'll learn yeah. to shut the fuck up. But relative to Kevin Warren, who it's like I just don't. It's what makes the offseason really exciting. Like I know. there are so many different versions of this that. I could be completely ha- like, they're all really good. Like they're all optimistic. Like the thing that's wild is what we're staring at. Rob, I think it's just different levels of optimistic versions of looking at the bears, right? I don't think any decision that's on the table is a, like a, an outright disaster, right? Like in a world, like in, in a your heart bear- of
1: hearts is running it back with this coaching staff and fields In your heart of hearts. You don't think that's probably going to end it in disaster in two years. I do, I do, okay. but I don't know about
0: disaster though. I think it's like you're, you know, you're you're splitting the record, right? You're going eight and nine, uh, like like that's like you're that that's about you all you can achieve for. But I do think the team is going to be, but again, this is the arc of the Nagy era, mm-hmm. right? We're like probably next year, I think we're going to be like reasonably good, right? And then it's just a question of what happens once those vibes run into having to do it over. And over again, and that was the history of the Nagy era. Was you had one special season, and then now you got to run a football team, and now all your weaknesses are exposed. What do you do well, about that? And, and I'm not I, confident that this the current structure is going to be able to navigate those waters.
1: Neither am I. I guess the thing I will say is the special uh, Nagy season was found money. He like they they stumbled into it was his first season. Holy shit, this team is good. What and. Subsequent to that is when the uh-huh. okay now you got to run a contender and they couldn't do it at all. They that's, lost that's the players true. here. Like the arc has been the opposite where they came in like shit and <laughs> every day you come into work and it's like ah oh, there's that comfy chair oh we traded away that chair well we and so optimistic we don't have that chair anymore <laughs> maybe maybe Fluce is is like a <laughs> less charismatic Dan Campbell right and like you had a year of just shit a year of like. Hey, like we didn't win, but like heads up, like this is, you know, you, you guys, you guys did the work and now we're going to be a good football team. That'd be an interesting place to end things. But yeah, my suspicion is it is probably time to move on uh, because... I know you can't. Okay, there's, there's, I'm two minds about Caleb Williams. I'm watching. I'm watching some highlights, like watching some Ooh, commentary dude, around him. Dude's
0: ready to scout, scout Rob. I'm
1: grinding the tape. Well, I said you're not you're not grinding tape when you're watching highlights, right? It's like watching <laughs> the porn version of a quarterback. Where and also the highlights are so. There's so many dog shit teams in those highlights. Like yes, look what he did against Nevada. Those receiver, I couldn't throw to those receivers. Like, it's, <laughs> man, he like recovered a, a, uh, he, he recovered a bad snap and just like winged it down the field for a touchdown. It's like, yeah, somehow the safety was like, I don't know, the concession stand. And <laughs> it was just, so to a degree, like all these things are like, the guy obviously has an awesome arm, like yeah. awesome. He, like, whether his feet are planted, whatever, that thing just goes on a tightrope. Uh, to wherever he points at that is that is really cool but when I look at it, even the highlights I'm like man he feels a lot like Justin Fields this guy feels a lot like Justin Fields maybe less explosive runner maybe a slightly better arm but it does kind of feel like well we're just kind of re-racking and sh- turning the clock back and maybe with different staff you can make this work but It once again seems like one of those things where like, wow, look at all the stuff this incredible athlete, this athlete can do when his receivers aren't covered for shit. (laughs) And and he is physically bigger and faster and stronger than most of the guys on the opposite team. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, my understanding of reading like scouting reports is that like Drake May is a better pocket, like a more traditional, like a guy who's less the splashy plays, but. He long term is the kind of quarterback who, you know, can transition out of his rookie season, you know, rookie contract and become that pocket passer that I'm not sure. I'm not sure Justin Fields can become, you know, what happens when, you know, the injuries pile up over the years and his legs, he has to get away from his legs just because that's look at Lamar Jackson. Like, But
1: out the other, who, who out there is a really great pocket passer in this day and age? Like even that that is an endangered species because sometimes the pocket doesn't hold and you just get well, pasted. All,
0: O O lines are at like a historic low, like like the talent coming in on offensive lines is like has been bad in like the past decade. And so it's rare to have great offensive lines because there's just not a ton of talent uh, coming in uh, to to the league, Um, which I get. uh, The offensive line is not necessarily the most. I don't most kids, you know, like watching football growing up, think, ah, I want to be one of those guys. Like sometimes I think about
1: I was like, I want to play football. And I never got to touch a football. They were like, (laughs) hey, you get over here and you wrestle with this big man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hands up.
1: Tape up up your fingers. They're going to
0: get hurt a lot. (laughs) Would you like to get a bunch of minor concussions over the next 15 years? Well, do I have an option for you? It's called offensive line. Uh, So, yeah, I, I think we are on the same page. And I think it's why, you know. My stomach's going to be in knots on on Sunday. I know what my heart wants. I want to watch the, the Packers lose. Yeah. But what my brain tells me, what my gut tells me is to suffer yet another catastrophic
1: loss. The healthiest thing might be for them to just get blown out by the Packers. And it's like, now you know who you are. Correct. And it, 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 to some degree, it's kind of the only
0: way that that punch could land that hard right? Like any other team getting blown out in a week, you know, uh, the final game of the season. Yeah. It's a bad look, but like, Oh, it's the final game. They got nothing to play for. The teams are, you know, players are thinking about their vacations. No one's going to be thinking about like this bears team is going to be like, they're already talking shit. I wish they wouldn't do that. Like Jalen Johnson, I do hope you get paid. You deserve it. Like King Poles is going to get you that, like you're going to get your, your, your bring truck. But it just scares me because I've seen I have seen this before. I have watched this play out, and so I, I guess in in many ways I find it very fitting because this Bears team will get what it deserves, one way or the other, right? Yep. Like if they get knocked out of Lambeau Field, like yeah, what'd y'all expect? The Falcons suck. Um, what did you re like? The Packers have been ascending all season long, and have a bunch of young skill players that are ascending at the right time. They're they have a a young core. That is all getting older together. They have it fits and starts, but like they're figuring it out on a season that means nothing to them because yeah. it was just meant to be a season of figuring out what do we got. And the Bears, there is so much on the line, and that can make you tight, and that might also just expose what exactly what we're looking for, which is hey, losing forty to ten in Lambeau Field, you're really going to come back with is that what well, you know? The good the vibes in the locker room with the cigars are going to feel
1: miles away Effectively, after something like that. this is a playoff game. Like you're yes. going to see like who are these guys in a best of 1 situation everything everything to play for. And we're going to find out cuz you're like I don't think most of the wins these past weeks. They've been fun, but they're not exactly the most quality wins. Like there was, you know, they 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 beat the hell out of Detroit once, right? Um Yeah, they they had the collapse in Detroit uh where Detroit's uh They should yeah, they e- should have beat the hell out of Detroit twice. The only yep. the, the once, but that was yes. that was a quality win. But everything beyond that, every right, single like one the, of these teams, uh, I didn't put a big asterisk. Right, like are the, is the Vikings? Is that a really exciting win?
0: The Browns are so weird. I mean, I think they are very good, and I'm I'm well, and they, out they, here. They
1: didn't win it.
0: Right, right. But I mean, they played they played decently well uh, throughout the course of that game. But I mean, you can even look at those games, the Vikings and the Browns, as being those are measuring stick games for yep. Justin Fields in terms of a defense. Like the Vikings have. A good defense. The Browns have a good defense. And the Falcons have sometimes had a good defense, but certainly not on this past Sunday. And what did we see from Fields? Like, he had to grind out, you know, uh, getting towards a win. They got one in, in Minnesota. But if Minnesota had Kirk Cousins, like yeah. the Bears don't win that game. They probably lose by double digits. Uh, and the Browns was a little bit fluky. Um, but you know what? fluky flacco you know he's 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 he's, he's making it work uh, well the
1: offense just didn't get points on the board like it came down to a heartbreaking hail mary uh and it shouldn't have come down to that so like yeah like it's uh, it's been fun these past few weeks like hey the bears the bears are in it with a shot to win like every week now that's that's kind of where i want to be it's it's nice to tune into that but this is a this is gonna yeah it's a great measuring stick Uh, and we're going to find out a lot about this team. Uh, And at some point, by the way, we're going to have to evaluate what it means that Green Bay can sit a guy for multiple years uh, before giving him the keys to the offense, and that turns out to be a good quarterback cultivation model. Nobody's going to do that, though.
0: I think that is a complete magic of circumstance. It's so easy to forget that Rodgers was coming off back-to-back subpar seasons relative to his history. And I think the Packers made a pretty, if if Rogers had not suddenly become an MVP, they would have traded him. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would have happened sooner than it did that. That said, you're right. There's a reason the NFL did this, you know, for decades was drafting people and sitting them for, for years uh, before they, they came in. But um, I don't think teams are going to necessarily pivot, even if it works out for, for the Packers, like the, the lucrative nature of the rookie contract just makes it, Impossible to resist. There's just too much money left on the table. By, um but you know maybe Joe Flacco can do a tour. You know, like go to go to go to other teams. But I, it makes me. I, I'm so glad we're recording this ahead of the Packers game. Yeah. We'll pro- there's a chance we have to do back to back to or a sports podcast because so much is going to be said. We, have to, we might have to do a bonus pod reacting to what happens with the yeah. Packers because it is just. It's gonna say. It makes for a really exciting off season. Like I, uh, I'm. I am optimistic about the Bears, where even the worst possible scenarios probably lead to you and I having some fun to root for. Like, what this season told us is, like, there's a pretty damn good core, like, a young core on this team. And you have, like, you know, quarterbacks like Tyreek Stevenson, uh, you know, uh, tackles like Darnell like. Good players who are going to be here for a long time and are getting better as the season goes on. And those are players that traditionally all you want to see are flashes in that first year. They don't really sort of, like, start settling until year two. So, like, the team's going to be good. It just becomes a question of, are we just – repeat? are we – I want. To, I wish I had it in front of me. Um, there was a way that somebody put it. Let me grab it uh, here. Yeah. Um, Yes, this is from uh, Jonathan Wood, um, who writes for Rob's favorite Bears blog. Um, we don't have time to get into that. But Jonathan Wood's a really good Bears-like analyst, uh, writer, and 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 wrote, uh, I took a deep dive into Fields Production and NFL Draft History to try and figure out what the Bears should do at QB this offseason. The Bears have two pretty good options, depending on whether they want to be safely competitive or aim for a championship. And I think that is a very succinct way to put the pass in front of the Bears. I think with Justin Fields, they are likely signing up for safely competitive, pretty good fun in the hunt. But the stars have aligned in such a wild way that isn't the more prudent thing to do. make the hard choices yeah. and aim for something higher. And I hope they do that. Um, but I think if they don't, I, I think we're watching some really exciting field stuff next year regardless. Uh, All right, let's take a break. Uh, We'll come back. Uh, Maybe we'll run through the NFL schedule for the final week of the regular season will allow us to catch up on some of the stuff that's happened there, and we'll answer a couple of your questions, but we'll be right back. One of the most normal morning routines is a bowl, some milk, some cereal. What (laughs) changes as you get older is you might want to modify what you're putting into that bowl with the milk. If you suddenly want to cut back on sugar, you want to add more protein, you're thinking about fitness goals. But you don't want to give up the deliciousness of what you're putting in that bowl. You might want to think about Magic Spoon. Uh, Because with Magic Spoon, you get all those flavors you love, high protein, high protein less sugar, and as someone with kids, the idea that I can show them that these cereals can have all of these things and you can think about what's in your body every morning, seems really good. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack of four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein. Has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and, soy free. and look, you put peanut butter in anything, I'm there, which is why that's my favorite one and I'm hiding it from my children. You can go to magicspoon.com remap to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code remap at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash remap, and use the code REMAP to save $5 off. Thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode.
1: Hey, Remap Radio listeners, Rob here. You know, the time was I'd come up with a meal plan for the entire week, and then I'd trawl through the grocery stores, making sure I had everything I needed right on budget to make those home-cooked meals. Unfortunately, times have changed, and speaking of time, I don't have quite as much of it as I used to. You know, there's a podcast empire to be overseen. But I can't just order fast food and pizza delivery every night. My budget and, unfortunately, my increasingly delicate stomach won't allow it. Fortunately for folks in the same boat as me, there's Factor. Factor gives you 35 options each week to make meal planning easy. And not just for dinner. They have breakfast foods and snacks covered as well. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. But it's just as convenient delivering the food you need right to your door. And now, if you head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off, that's that's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And now you can head to factormeals.com slash remap50 and use code remap50 to get 50% off. That's code remap50 at factormeals.com slash remap50 to get 50% off. And we're
0: back. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've well, more than that, uh, to talk about what's been happening in the NFL. So I feel like uh, the best way to kind of hit some of these storylines is just to walk through uh, some of the actual uh, games that are happening as we enter into the last uh, week of the regular season of the NFL. Um, no more Thursday night games, so uh, we are finally back those. into the Amazon
1: broadcast. Is so much fun, like. Battery. I've never been a morning show type because they're generally not aimed at dudes, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. but like I've never been a like good morning America type person, but like the Thursday night football pregame show is like, man, I wouldn't mind if this set were going on like every morning and I just hang out and like listen to this crew <laughs> talk about like sports shit. It's a very charismatic team. I'm a huge Richard Sherman fan. Uh, Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick appears to have found one of his true callings uh, at being just a big personality. Um, It's it's how how lucky we are that he had those like
0: couple of wild breakout seasons uh, where he was just the guy who just I don't know. We need a quarterback. You break the glass and Ryan Fitzpatrick shows up and he's like done nothing of any real like just a very middle of the road quarterback, but then but has this high incredible, it, Yes.
1: It, the, yes. If you, if you, the, the, you could, the mean was very reliable. Like it was like, here's what this guy is going to be over time. But there was always that feeling that you could like roll the dice and it would be like, Oh, we're going to get the upswing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree. Um, and I also sort of, I've always, uh, you know, Thursday night football is like, ah, Like the weekend is almost here. Like it's like the unofficial kickoff of the weekend to me. It's like when I'll allow myself to like have a beer after like taking a couple of like days off from stuff like that. And it's like, all right, like football's on. Like, let's go. We got Friday tomorrow and then we're ready for the weekend. And so I will I will miss that even if the games were frequently like the thing is, I'd watch Thursday night
1: football. Or I'd rather
0: Thursday Night Football was on. I was frequently doing other things than watching Thursday I'd Night Football. Watched the pregame because the features yes.
1: were good. The conversations were good. Uh, and then it was like, how long before Al Michaels sounds like he's about to throw himself out of the broadcast booth uh, as well, yet another dog shit offensive series unfolds. Like he was so visibly, he visibly detests the <laughs> schedule they've been
0: given. Yeah, I mean, Thursday Night Football has frequently had... Because it's Thursday night, like it is, it is the, the NFL's attempts to try and, as they have over the decades, dominate more and more of the, not just the calendar year, but days of the week. Um, And so, of course, some of the worst matchups are going to happen on Thursday night. You also end up getting teams playing on short weeks. So you get worse performances even out of otherwise decent teams. Uh, And, but this year was just an all, like, half the reason to turn in was to just see how is, how's Al going to do it? Like how's he going to get through this one? Um there's not there's nothing to talk about uh in this game. Um as you just grind through a quarter and a half of, uh, you know, just atrocious play from at least one side of the ball. One of my favorite uh,
1: moments, I think it was this year, might have been last year, but I remember uh, his partner Kirk Herbstreit being like now trying to spin. He's like, I know this, I know this might feel like a bad game. And Al's like, feels like a bad game. <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, it was <laughs> Al, this game blows <laughs> a lot before we can throw back to the, the analyst desk.
0: I I feel like games like that really test their ability because they can't really start, sla- you know what I mean? They can't like talk crap about this. Sk- like they, there certain, there's a box they're in. So like how negative can they get before they're going to get in trouble with the, you know, the people who put them well, there. And, it's and funny, I feel like
1: the national, so uh, like a national broadcast like that, especially when it's sort of a. You know, Amazon's making nice with the NFL, all this. They have to be really circumspect in, in how they handle it. Uh, Al Michaels can do whatever he wants to an extent because he's Al Michaels. But yeah. I have noticed that, like, a lot of your national teams can't call a spade a spade in terms of, like, boy, this game sucks. Uh, these officials blow. And then when you get to, you know, your B-tier teams, your more regional guys, You hear a lot more like analysis because nobody's watching. They just start like, it's a bad game. They're just going to start talking about like various orgs. They'll start talking about other games. Uh, (laughs) They can do what they want. And like so frequently you will end up in that position of like, you know, oh, Gus Johnson's just going off. This is pretty good. I'll listen. I'll listen to this. Uh, You know, that's yeah. The national teams are really constrained and they can't do a lot of the stuff that you or I might do when it's time to fill around hey, there's nothing going on here. Uh,
0: well, and, and speaking of, uh, I mean, Rob, I, over the weekend, uh, I was, you know, I almost completed a hat trick. I should have gone to a, a Blackhawks game because I went to a Bulls game on Saturday night and then went to a, a Bears game uh, essentially Sunday uh, Sunday morning. And I, our, our boy, Stacy King, was right there. And I did say in a Discord message that I was thinking about going yeah. down – and then I did. I didn't. I didn't go down. I got I, stage fright. Couldn't do it. Couldn't you could have been it. like, "I'm coming, Terry. Yeah. I'm coming." I know. Why didn't you respond to? Why did you respond to my email to your business address asking if you'd come on the pod? Come on, Stacey. <laughs> like, what, what's the Meanwhile,
1: deal? I can't see like half the reason I watch the balls is just because like, dude, Stacey King and Adam Amin got on a tangent about victory auto records commercials a few games ago <laughs> and like as someone who badly misses being in chicagoland at times like having people riff on that and like dude that old car is worth money thing i'm just like yeah well they inc- think
0: what's so i will say having been to back to back like now football games in general uh, are way less interested in entertaining you the person watching yeah. in the stadium like that is it's less true at like more modern ones like SoFi and things like that. I haven't been there personally, but, you, you know, just knowing folks that have gone, there's more going on, more to do. But it is just true in general. Football stadiums are just like, yeah, people are watching this on TV. Like, I mean, we'll put a camera around and like maybe you can be on it. But there's not a whole lot going on other than the game. The Bulls, I mean, they are like my unfortunately, my daughter picked the wrong game to go to. I mean, she picked the Bears out of the goodness of her. She got me a Christmas gift that was two Bears tickets and she wanted to go with me despite the fact that I gave her multiple outs to not go, especially once I realized it was going to be snowing and it was going to be cold. She had in her heart that she wanted to go, and we had a delightful time until about the third quarter, and then I had to give her my phone so I could bribe her into staying through at least the end of the third. But the Bulls game, I mean, every – 15 seconds. Like Benny, the bull shouldn't have tried to shoot you with a, a t-shirt gun. Uh, they have a, what is, th- what is this? Oh my, oh my God.
1: Benny was there <laughs> filming out his 2024 resolutions. Stop spilling <laughs> popcorn. Cause there's a section of seating where Benny, the bull goes in and just fucks people up with giant tubs of popcorn. Uh, start a new hobby. I love that he crossed out. Be nicer to Knicks fans. <laughs> Drop episode two of my podcast. <sighs> Talk less,
0: listen more. Uh, that's that's incredible. I guess the 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 actor or the I don't know, uh, I don't know what you we qualify as like the person who is uh, personifies.
1: uh has to be some kind of Bull. performer because he has to do his athletic shit in that Benny the Bull costume, which I don't. Well, they understand. just it was a re,
0: there was some recent turnover, uh, okay. so there's a new there's a new Benny the Bull, and in fact the person uh, uh, who I went to the game with uh, who had season tickets, which is why if you saw on social media. Like, how did Patrick get his ass on the, like, onto the court? It was, like, because that's, like, a perk. As a season ticket holder, you can do a couple times uh, a season. Um, they were complaining about the new stunt person because, like, they they do, like, a, l- a little too much fan interaction. We're, like, in the middle of, like, a really intense part of the game. They're, like, coming into sections or, like, getting in your face. And it's, like, Benny! We're also still trying to watch, watch the game. But, uh... The like the Bulls experience is is amazing. There's things happening like every thirty seconds. It's a cool stadium to be in. But I brought this all up to point out that uh, they incorporate like the catchphrases from the local commentary. So like the, I forget what uh, drove it, but it was like maybe it was a three, and like along like the graphics banners it was like "Give me the hot sauce," and I was like I was dying. I was like I didn't realize they were incorporating catchphrases into God the bless. stadium. Uh, like hype meter and it was delightful. If I could have been that guy who had like a radio on list, I wanted to listen to the Stacy King commentary yep. while watching the game. I not enough of a sicko to pull that off. Also, I was there with somebody as a guest. Yeah. And so, but I did, I was thinking, I was like, I am missing something.
1: Well, also like, from you got this. To see a rare, well, not, not as rare as I thought it would be bulls victory uh, as they no, beat up a depleted Sixers uh, team.
0: They have played surprisingly, like, the team, like, last year when you chose to just start watching when they went on, like, well, I guess we'll be mediocre for a little while. Um, Like, this team that we're watching now is actually fun and feisty and young and has no shot at anything more than a play-in tournament berth, but, you know, like, like...
1: Kobe white and I, Patrick Williams, like a bunch of teams, I, uh, like players yeah. like, Shh. yeah, I do like, though, Patrick I, Williams has emerged big time as like, a, oh, okay, hang on. This is a piece you might be able to build around. Um, yeah. And also, Zach like,
0: Levine went away, go to the Lakers. Like, f- thank you, Zach. Dude, like, it's been like fun the, at times, the but- clearest
1: <laughs> sign of like, Hey, your roster construction doesn't work. Like this dude had, this dude dropped 41 night. And your team lost. He's out. Yeah. And the team is wrecking house. Same as like, honestly, uh, Vooch gets Vooch gets his <laughs> groin <laughs> imploded by a knee, and suddenly Andre Drummond is out there just like locking it down. I don't know, man. Like, there's 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 signs here. Did you watch? Did you watch the game that I was
0: at? Yeah, all the way through. I was looking for you. So it was uh no my <laughs> the person I went with. You know, you can shift your seats around at various points yeah. and stuff. Like when you're taken older they specifically because they go to literally. Every, uh, pretty much every game they can. They go to like 30, 40 games a year. Oh, hell um, God, yes. Um, and specifically picked a spot where the, I asked, I was like, oh, is there a chance we're going to be on camera? Should I tell my kids? Like, no. I am specifically in a spot where the only way you could be on camera is if someone had like a handheld camera going around. I was like, it's not in any of the. So I was not. Apparently I was. Apparently I was on the Bears game. I believe I saw when I was checking around uh, like someone in oh, like shit. the. Oh, The, the remap reset era thread. I hadn't announced that I was at the game cuz I try not to share pictures of my kid on social media and um I just didn't get around to it. but someone like mentioned like is Patrick at the the Bears game? I think that just a couple saw shots there. I thought
1: I thought I saw a flash of the seating area that you were at. Yeah, um, I was I was
0: uh I was like behind uh one of the 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 goal posts um yeah. in like kind of the corner um so uh, if you have evidence of this Please uh, send me a screenshot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to the person that said they saw me if they can remember when it was in the game because my daughter one of the things she was clinging to in between the cold and the giant bucket of popcorn not being enough to get her through. Uh, I mean football is hard to watch in person, dude. Like it's it's like it's just a scrum of people. Running plays don't mean anything. Everything so it's it's and there's I, so much downtime. And you're just There's like so much downtime. And so uh, like, but every during every downtime, they're always like panning the camera around to and And my daughter was like, well, at least we can get on camera. So I was like, well, you got to dance. You see everyone dancing like when we dance. That means like they're scouting for people that'll be fun to put on camera. So we're dancing every time. Halftime, she gives up Uh is like she's like, I know you want to be here, but like I, I'm cold and I kind of want to go home. And I was like, hey, let's wrap this blanket over you. We'll make kind of a hut. You can have all the hand bears warmers. are winning. We're not leaving. I, I, well, I was always planning to leave third quarter at the end of the third quarter, just because it was we had New Year's Eve plans and I needed to uh, get on the road. And I, the fact that I was there at all, I was like it, house money. Like I didn't expect to be at this game, uh, and the tickets were dirt cheap. Uh, so I was like, watch my phone. Let's see if we can get through the third quarter. If it's that bad, we'll just go home. But she was fine. So what I'm hoping for, because it would make her furious, is that I got on during the third quarter when she is just. <laughs> Wrapped up in a fort uh, to to stay warm, and I'm probably just like
1: screaming my head off by myself because uh, hey, it was a good game to it was a fun game to be. I'll in. say this: I know you want that stadium like down the street from your house. Uh huh. Man, I hope they never leave Soldier Field like the snow coming <laughs> down. Like, it's just like, Oh, it was beautiful. It's, it was beautiful. It was like, the, it's these moments that like, man, this is, this is football. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, like I know the league wants to close everything in a fucking dome. I know they want it. I know that owners want to have mul- like venues. They can use all the time for other, other sports, other, other events. But my God, soldier field in the rain and snow coming down uh, with a good bears team. It's heaven, man. It does. Oh, it, it does yeah. not get I- better.
0: I I agree. Like uh, it was a, it was a really fun reminder to be there, like watching all the snowflakes come down and like still like fields going back corking that like first opening like thirty yarded to DJ Moore and like I can barely see it because the snow is like all over my face. It's just wonderful. I could I consider that part of football. Even as I concede, I know that where the tide is going, like I'm sure they're gonna build that stadium and they're gonna. I, there was a, there was an article in the, in the local paper, like right before New Year's Eve that they managed to get a bunch of, uh, like the Bears have been doing all this. We're going to investigate other places to build this stadium. There's just nowhere else. To, like, yeah. There are, they don't exist, Bears. Like, and I, I understand. And then the, the local, the Daily Herald, which is the, the paper for the, for a bunch of the Northwest suburbs, uh got a bunch of FOIA redactions back. And it's just a bunch of behind the scenes like, yeah, I don't know. We got to figure out a tax number. Like everyone feels good about it. Like, you know, early next year, we'll figure that number out. So it's like that stadium is, stadium's happening, but that takes a long time. We have like three, like minimum three years, probably four years before we have to, to face the reality of Soldier Field. And the thing is, Rob, you know, when the, for like for years, when they, whenever that new stadium is built and they're showing it on, you know, they do the aerial shot, they're still going to show soldier field like, oh, and here's what it used to look like. And like, you'll get oh, your same little- way every
1: Niners game. They're doing the uh, shots of San Francisco. And yes. It's like, yes. Really? You don't want to show San Jose. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Uh, the uh, week 18 games in the NFL, uh, two games on Saturday. Uh, uh, now that college football is is wrapping up. Um the NFL creeps its way into Saturday games. So we'll get this in addition to wildcard games on the Saturday, I think the week after. Uh but we start with Steelers uh at uh Ravens. Uh Rob, uh Mr. Bisky, not it uh once again. Um, boy,
1: decisively this time. Goodbye, Mitch. You're never he, going to sniff a starter roll again. He was given a legitimate shot to lead this team. A great defense, great skill position players.
0: They even fired their offensive coordinator, sucked, not because of him. Unfortunately. Yeah, he sucks. Like, he sucks. it was
1: bad. He was losing them games. Uh, mm-hmm. And then immediately, yeah. immediately, was it? Uh, it was it Rudolph who came back in? Yeah. Uh, well, first pass? uh, yeah. Touchdown? Like, yes. it was, yep, that's the Mr. risk experience. Like, man, why is this guy with all these gifts? Uh, why doesn't it work out? Oh, that's right. He can't actually hit the broad <laughs> side of a barn no. with that no. arm. He's got a cannon, but it's like one of those, like, 16th century cannons they bring out a museum where it's like you just sort of point it in the vague direction of what you want to hit boom and you hope the ball goes there
0: apparently people are still tracking there was a conspiracy theory uh tracked by David oh that he uh, can't throw that he can't that he, yeah can't throw left um that apparently he still still avoids that so yeah mr Bisky, uh i think yeah, look he's well liked uh, you know a, a nice guy by by all accounts he will probably make a lot of money as the veteran backup, but I think backward, this is backward hat guy. Yeah, this is yep. holding a tablet. I think is Mr. Trubisky's uh, future. Which look, there are worse situations, but having lived it. having lived to the Trubisky experience, uh, it's at least you know we're gonna go through this with Fields. If Fields departs, is did we just fuck it up? And with Trubisky, we're validated. No, like we had a bad situation, but also he was bad. Fields, it, it is still like a slightly open question on whether. Could he be uncorked somewhere else that makes us feel yeah. awful? Um I don't know. So I don't the
1: Ravens know. have anything to play for here? Uh
0: I believe they have locked up Ravens first seed. Yes, the Ravens have locked up the first seed with uh, a fifty-six nineteen uh win over a dominant win over Miami um, right. uh so last like- week. So I don't know if they've said if they're rest you know, it certainly is one of those things where you might expect team come out play a series
1: you know i've always sort of felt like sometimes it it, sometimes it changes the vibe when you when you don't just keep momentum and you keep like just pouring it on people like i remember that year uh under caldwell uh where the colts were just incredible and they sat payton and they sat the starters and it was like it was clear Manning wanted to keep the streak going wanted to stay out there and keep playing and i think that team did end up Uh, kind of imploding during the playoffs. And like, sometimes it feels like you just don't break the streak. You just keep the part of keeping the magic alive. is just to keep feeding that team wins. But if you already got the week by uh, built into your schedule, man, I don't know that you put anyone you care about in. Yeah. That's what makes me wonder if they end up playing, you know,
0: a series just to like get them out there keep them a little bit fresh because I mean, two weeks of not playing, I guess, especially after coming off a, an emotional stomping of the yeah. Dolphins. It's just, that's a long time to sort of maintain that energy and adrenaline. I understand the arguments from both sides, but you know, you look at the Dolphins last week, you know, in a blowout game against the Ravens, they left Bradley in down, you know, a ton of points. And then he tears his ACL in the last minute yep. and a half of the game. Yep. So I think the Dolphins have been trending downwards, just mostly because of like a war of attrition against yeah. uh, injuries. And they have a, you know, stars and studs, sort of a uh, uh, roster constructors. And once you lose the big guys, there's not a whole lot hiding underneath. Uh, but I don't know. Lamar is playing fucking lights out, making every team that Pat, you know, there was that weird portion of the off season where he wasn't a true free agent. What you had to do was give the Ravens two first round draft picks and a contract that the Ravens could match. The only contract the Ravens would probably not match would be something akin to Deshaun Watson's contract, a fully guaranteed contract, something that happens in the NBA all the time, but has not become prevalent in the NFL. We were probably trending in that direction with certain superstar types, uh, but nobody was willing to give Lamar that contract. And weirdly, like so many teams that were in the market for a quarterback put out statements unprompted like, yeah, we're not interested in Lamar. And so it makes me – like the Ravens have always been an organization I – envy like they seem to pivot well they seem to understand the rosters well they're never bad Uh, they're always fighting and it just seems like the culmination of like everything that team stands for and lamar is just playing lights fucking out like he is just such a fun player to watch
1: yeah yeah it's uh you know again perennially excellent team like if correct to be the fan of any team i think i would choose the choose the ravens because like that's as long as, like, basically, since they moved to Baltimore, that team has been good. Like, if imagine that, if you were, if you were a Ravens me. fan, every Sunday during the football season, with a few exceptions, you got something to play for. Well, I believe we are, if things
0: break the way they're expected, we are looking at a Ravens
1: Browns playoff. I know, match. Dude, dude. We'll get to that in a second, but. First, got to get through Texans-Colts. Texans-Colts. Two teams that I meant to check in on a little more uh, over the course of the season. Well, I'll catch you next year, guys. Yeah, yeah. Nine and seven, you're both better than I thought you'd be. Yeah, and C.J. Stroud looks sick. Um,
0: It's wild to think of, like, the Texans accidentally winning that final game that gave the Bears the number one pick in the draft last year. Instead, they slipped to two and probably would have taken Bryce Young, who the Panthers traded with the Bears to get up to, and instead take CJ Stroud. And it just goes to show you what is the coin flip nature of, of quarterback at the top. Like, that's going to be something the Bears face, like, if they decide to go that route. The Texans accidentally took the number two. Dude. The, the, and, and it worked out for them, and they have a guy that looks
1: Incredible. I remember I was hearing like I was watching some analysis of of the Justin Fields question is a phrase that came, kept coming up was like is he playing like a true number one uh, draft pick and it's like oh yes he is like let's be honest like when we're talking about like what is a tr- what does a number one draft pick dr- number one quarterback look like overall probably disappointing like in general <laughs> like the role is like man this guy just isn't living up to expectation well then he he is, is adhering to the mean yeah. of uh of that
0: experience. Uh but if for both these teams, um, I think this is a win and in, uh, I believe, for yeah. for the for the playoffs for both these teams. Uh, but these are first-time head coaches, uh, first-time new quarterbacks. I know the Colts, Anthony Richardson, went out early, but he showed a lot of promise. Um, hopefully next year he'll learn to not take literally every hit and so he was you know he's experiencing like concussions and busted up shoulders like on every game and the couple that he appeared in but he had some promise in the couple that he did but you know if i was fans of either of these teams they'd be like okay i didn't expect to be very good this year and instead like there's like slightly better versions of there's like a, a, a multiverse where the bears are like this right where if they just won like a couple of these close games like this is this is what would have well if they beat the Browns then the, they it would have been winning in for for the Packers and the and the Bears but uh such uh is not to be uh for us. Um but then uh on Sunday a whole a whole slate uh of other games. We have the Bucks at the Panthers. Um because the so I think last week Panthers Saints like I think it's win, like the Bucks would have won the division if they won against the Saints. said they got their ass kicked. And What's David ha-
1: Tepper going to do this week? Maybe he's going to shit on the crowd.
0: You, you saw that that cl- so yeah, David Tepper. The lots of NFL owners are real pieces of shit. That is that is a well known fact. I mean, most sports owners are 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 awful. But David Tepper, have you read the profile on him in the Athletic? No, uh, I will send it to you after this. I highly recommend people check it out. It is
1: there. It. Let me see. Meddlesome douchebag, right? Yeah. Because he's the one that people are like circumventing the reporting structure to just be like, I think this guy sucks. And he's like feeding that back down to the team, right? He's he's that kind of owner. Oh, no, this is a sorry. This is not an uh, an athletic profile. This is uh,
0: of course, this is a quote found by Mina Kimes, who's one of my favorite NFL analysts, like really like I cannot recommend Following her more highly, her, her podcast is excellent as well. This is from Look, a.
1: Well, there's a reason me, uh, my dog Mina is AKC registered as Mina Crimes.
0: <laughs> That's incredible! Wow, new Lord drop for Mina. Um, uh, she unearthed a 2010 interview, um, uh, with uh, uh, Tepper and uh, so the oh, quote,
1: she's from finance world too. So she probably does have the the. She was doing. She was covering sports for the Wall Street Journal, I believe, before she got. Yeah, it but a, she was a yes, finance yeah. reporter. He's from the hedge fund world. Yeah. Uh, in
0: addition to an increase in profile, the trade netted him a personal payday of nearly $4 billion. More money than Tepper, who grew up in Pittsburgh and had never been on a plane until he was 21, literally knows what to do with. What do you think I should do with it? He asked me. I could buy an island. I could buy a private jet. But I have net jets. I could get myself a 22-year-old. Sometimes, he whispers. Yeah, Rob, as you paused like, to consider that last, <laughs> that last one, I could get myself a 22-year-old. Also, Saying that next to... An island? Sometimes. What island. Sometimes, he whispers, leaning across the table, if someone is an asshole, like a waiter at a restaurant, I think I could just buy this place and fire that guy. So this is the kind of nightmare. Like, this is even on the spectrum of awful billionaire
1: owners. Like, Tepper stands out. It's, remar- it's, it's tough to do this because a lot of them really suck well, shit. And the Panthers have been a basket case since he showed up. Yes. Like, it is just a complete, like, well, they fired Frank Reich, was the one they had down here, down there this year, right? To try to clean it up. And, like, yeah, there's a lot of evidence now that Frank Reich maybe doesn't have the juice as a a coach, but this turned into a, like, it wasn't a real shot. Uh, The the team was a shambles, and Tepper is hyperactive and apparently Uh, has emotional dysregulation (laughs) because he's fleeing drinks into the crowd. Right,
0: so at the, the Panthers uh uh Jaguars game, uh which they're playing as a backup quarterback as Trevor Lawrence is is trying to rest for the playoffs, uh he's all busted up. Uh he's in, you know, some suite and get it's un, unclear what happens, but clearly being probably mocked by by some Jaguars fan, and he basically takes his drink and throws it at him. We all we've heard so far, I believe, is the NFL has said it is aware of the incident. Um, but uh there's really not outside of a guy becoming so unlikable and bad that he gets pushed out by the other owners and forced to sell just the wait team for him
1: to play at Philly and let big Dom take care of it.
0: <laughs> big Dom can't come back until the playoffs. I believe that's can't the, be the sidelines. Can't be on the sidelines. But he was not
1: in the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <that's> been... <laughs> Can you imagine shot to the visiting owners box in Philly. That's <laughs> Dom's Tom's music. The door.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, so yeah, I mean uh it's at, this is Bucks at the Panthers. I Rob if this wasn't so close, I'd say you and I should get on a plane and go to that go to that Panthers game because like do does Remap have that in the budget? I think we do. Those tickets are going for like a dollar right now. You could go to the Panthers stadium uh pretty pretty easily.
1: <laughs> uh so yeah, I expect the Panthers to lose that. Oh, They've shit. literally the next game is the one we should go to
0: Browns at Bengals, um, 11 to five Browns facing the eight and eight Bengals The Bengals. It's not their season. You know, chase has been injured. Burrow is out for the season, but they have, you know, some, look, when we, t- we we're talking earlier about what do teams do? Like when you have leadership structures, organizational structures, what you're looking for is like in a season that goes sideways, where immediately, you know, we're not going to the playoffs or if we do, we're getting blown out. We're not going to the Super Bowl. What does a team do? What answers do they come up with because they are contractually <laughs> obligated to play these fucking games? And what can you get out of a bad, like a, a lost season? There are lots of things. You can unearth players. You can you can try new things. Like there are reasons to still r- run these games. And I, I think it's a real testament to the Bengals coaching staff that they are going to be eight and eight Going in. I don't know what they have at stake in this game. I don't know if they can go to the playoff.
1: Yeah. I was going to say everything you just said about the Bengals. Because it's true. Their season was cursed. Like Burrow was hurt coming into the season. Wasn't really right. Then he was right for like a minute. And then yeah. he got hurt and he was out forever. You could say that same stuff about the Browns. Mm-hmm. They were horribly unlucky on the yep. injury front. Or were they? <laughs> now, <laughs> Oh my running God. That's Joe Flacco's bodyguard. music. <laughs> like you know they they lost the they lost their marquee running back, uh, right? Like uh, near the start Nick Chubb, the yeah, very very early in the season, and that's like that is not someone you can just replace. Um, but Deshaun Watson was getting better.
0: He was posting wins, but his numbers
1: yeah. weren't that impressive. Yeah, he was not a net negative, but it was really questioned as to how additive he was given the yes. contract that he's got. Correct. He goes out the backup goes out, right? This is like it, it, it wasn't, he lost his job. I think the backup got hurt. Well, uh, they, they've cycled through, I think four quarterbacks. They had PJ Walker, who
0: was the bears backup. Um, they signed him over the summer. Uh, and then the bears cut PJ Walker cause he sucked in preseason. The Browns trotted him out as a starter after, uh, Deshaun Watson got hurt. And then they, they had someone in between PJ Walker and Flacco, but it's, it's a rotating cast story, of characters.
1: Short, Flacco basically out of the league hadn't even been like really invited to do tryouts with teams um no he was he said he was watching he's
0: obviously i he's got he got one of the you know more infamous mega contracts uh after their super bowl win like he's rich rich uh but yeah. i I saw an interview where like what were you doing ahead of you know starting with the browns i was at my mom's house and we watched football on the couch. You know what I mean? Like it's not like he was like, "I'm I'm training" cuz I just know somebody's going to come calling for old Joey Flacco. Well, like that imagined, was
1: he, he but he did want he badly wanted to be back in the league. It's yeah. just that like there were so many quarterback injuries this year and he didn't get in like nobody was like, "Hey, like Joe, come sort this out." He sucked on the Jets. Like his last stop, he yep. was really really bad. And he was bad – like he was bad. He was washed at the end at of, the the end of his time with the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, like there was a reason that, like you know, it was clear Lamar was still figuring it out. But he had dynamic ability to change the game, like post big runs. He had an arm that worked, and Flacco couldn't do any of that by the end of his, his run with the Ravens. And like, I don't know, is this just what happens sometimes when you end up with a little sabbatical, and it's like <laughs> everyone else is beat to shit, and suddenly like you can just come back. And you're fresh. Uh, I don't know, but like, he's doing really well, really, really well. Yeah, he he throws like two bad,
0: you know, plays a game, but it's usually because he trusts Amari Cooper and Joku. Like, go make a play. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the big throw. Sometimes it's not gonna work out, but that's they're they are living on a boomer bust offense, backed up by an exceptional defense, and that is a weird formula but it's working for them. And I, I, I think that gives them a chance. And it's just a fun story. Like, especially I, I'm, I'm happy for the Browns fans in my yeah. life. Many, many of which were no, I, I did not know, uh, you know, I can't speak for all Browns fans, but like a lot of my dad's side of the family, uh, you know, they associate themselves with, it's funny. They, um, they're either Browns or Ravens fans. And that has to do with like where they grew yeah. up and then where they all moved to. And but like at the, at the, at the end of the day, you could, you could argue they're both, Browns fans uh, because of yep. their history. And not a single one of them was excited about that contract. Excited, like, especially when he sucked, it was like, they weren't ready to you rationalize deal it. With the devil, he doesn't give you anything. Exactly. And so there was, there was no way to like compartmentalize, even if you shouldn't, like you, I, I could see the arc of how people start doing that. It, it was just, we gave away a ton of money uh, during our championship uh, window with this team. and, we have nothing to show for it. And in fact, it's going to hamstring the team for like the next five years. And so can they do this next year? I have no idea. Worry about next year, next year. I'm just glad, like I want Browns fans to be happy. I, 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 I want yeah. to root for the Browns. And so for this team to be in this situation, I, you know, I think there's a scenario where in the first round they would be like, I think there's different, there's a chance that, Oh, this is what we were talking about. Where like the Browns could be facing, the they could advance um, to
1: face the Ravens, yeah.
0: Right. Um, I don't know who the Browns would play in the first uh, round, um, but like that's like what a like that is an amazing. There's a chance in uh, that we have uh, Browns Ravens Flacco against his old team, and I believe in also another scenario that, which we'll get to is uh, Rams Lions being the setup in which you have Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford going yeah. against their old teams, which is just. Like, fuck, man. Like, that is what I'd live for uh, if my team is not going to be uh, very good. So uh, I think the Browns take care of business. And at this point, I'm I'm ready for – I want to see more Joe Flacco highlights. uh, Give them to me. Um, So uh, after that, we have uh, the Vikings uh, and the Lions. I think the Vikings – so the the Bengals are eliminated from playoffs. I looked that up. The Vikings, uh, I believe, are as well. The Lions uh, won the division – um, and so I don't know that anyone has much to play for in either of these games. Uh, the Vikings I don't find think, them. I'm s-
1: not sure lions can improve their seating at this point. No, I, I don't believe so. I, I, think, mean, that, I think that ship sailed with the Colts law, the, uh, Cowboys the Cowboys. Laws. Yes, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yes.
0: I, I, I believe they might've had a chance at, uh, the first round bye if they had like one out and some things went their way, but you know, after that botched call, uh, it didn't, uh, the Vikings are weird because. They find, like, I think they have a really good coaching infrastructure. Um, but they were not able to do what we just lauded the Browns for, which is let's do a QB carousel and find a way to make it work. Like, they've won seven games. They clearly have, like, a good culture. They have some good pieces. They have good coaches. But, like, what is this team next year? Do they just rehire Kirk Cousins, run it back, and hope for the best? Uh The Vikings very much remind me of where – like kind of what we were worried about the Bears being, which is like they're going to be good every year to some degree. They're going to be fun. But is that just what they are for the next five years? Like this version of the team is like, ah, we could be in the hunt. And if some fumbles go our way, like maybe something can happen. But you're never going to sniff beyond that. And early in the year when they were – I think they were like one and four. Like they had a really bad record early on. I said, well, maybe this is the year to just bottom out. Kirk Cousins is a free agent. We can try and get one of these quarterbacks. And we've got like to compare that with Justin Jefferson and like the sky's the limit. Uh, but here, uh, I don't know. It's it leaves the team at a weird impasse.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're close to, you know, they don't have 500 records anymore because the 17 games, but like. Yeah, it's one of those things where you, there's clearly some some fatal flaws that even if Cousins hadn't gotten hurt, you're probably not, you know, this is why, you know, the previous coach got fired. Like, there's just a kind of a ceiling on this team that they're they're going to struggle to surpass. Uh, I don't think it's just about Cousins, uh, though, though he's part of it. Yeah, I, I think they're, they are in kind of a, a no man's land as far as like their path forward. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, it depends on how seriously the Lions take them. Um, I think the I can see the Lions wanting like a get right game after, especially after. Yeah, given the, I think had
0: they won that, I guess if they won the game, then they'd have something to play for. But here, given the completely botched uh, officiating yeah. that essentially cost them uh, a win on a
1: on a and on a, a little tr- bit of a Dan Campbell meltdown. Like I understand it, but like, oh, uh, he. By like the, the t- way, we need to watch Tim Tin Cup at some point. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we, but, yes. But yes, him going tin cup at the end and being like, I'm just going to keep running this two point conversion as they back us up down the field, seven yards out of 30.
0: God, like yes, he, he basically like, you know, I have a three and a half year old. Like when you take, you know, a toy away from her or like tell her she can only have two pieces of candy instead of three. And then she begins like smashing, you know, her bodies on the floor. That's how I felt like Dan Campbell, but maybe that's what you get, right? Like, Dan Campbell is, by all accounts, like a like a really good coach, like really great yeah. leader. Um, apparently, I found this a very charming anecdote. That play he drew up on a napkin ahead of the game, like you know, like that's like that's sick as shit. Like I love yeah. learning that. Even if that's false, I want to believe that anecdote. Um, and the way that like kind of betrays his whole like your visual interpretation. Like he is the definition of like, well, there's a meathead jock sort of guy. And he has, again, you know, drinking the co- Like he's got those vibes, but he's also very thoughtful. And I thought the way he handled everything after the loss to the Cowboys was like very tempered and he was upset, but like seemed to find a decent way to channel that uh, as they were like, you know, I don't know. He seems like a really good coach. I hold no, I look forward to having ill will against the
1: Lions if the bears get good again after a point, but it's going to take me a long time. Not wish I want, I wish nothing but good things to lions fans. Uh, I want them at the, I just really, I really want them to win a playoff game. I really like
0: they have the last time they've had any success that sniffed like this was during this earlier in the Stafford era and they got to the playoffs and I believe got destroyed by the Cowboys. Um, not a, not a fun appearance. Um, the first time winning the division since like the nineties or something like that.
1: Just uh longer, I think instead of in 30 years. Right. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, so that'd be like 93. Yeah, okay. so that's yeah, bad. Yeah. God, the nineties weren't 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, but like you're practically in the eighties at that point is, is kind of what I mean. It like is bad. 90s it's... feels. Yeah. And the fact that they're doing this and probably with Jared Goff, who's,
0: you know, he fucks up every once in a while, but then his ability to just, and he did it to the bears back to back drives. Like, Give me four minutes. Don't worry, I will get down that field. Is just yeah. really impressive. After them three uh, interceptions, to watch. though. Yeah, not good that, well. He tilted. You know, he he tilted against the Bears. Um, yeah. like that. That happens with Golf. Um, six and ten oh, Jets man. at the four and twelve Patriots. Oh, what a! I mean, who doesn't want to watch Real. this game? Um, oh boy, the Toilet Bowl. Just re, yeah, nothing. Nothing here. Uh, uh, I guess. Well, maybe Belichick's last game. Maybe Belichick's last game, uh, that is, there, there was reporting uh, midseason when they were really playing at their at their worst, uh, mostly on the offensive side of things, less so on the defensive side of things. That There was an understanding that they would, out of respect, not fire him during the season. There didn't seem to be much point in that, uh, but a separation would happen after the season. Um, I mean, the way they played the Bills, I mean, th- probably like, look, I don't know if Belichick would ever agree to this, but... He's famously always been the GM and a coach. He's what, 70, 70 something. Yeah. If he could somehow agree to like an actual GM coming in and just like the team clearly adores him, plays hard. Like this is a team that should have had and for a while was going to like I was watching Patriots games to see can they please win a couple of these so that the Bears comfortably get the number one pick. And that team has just refused to roll over and let that happen. And so, you know, if you could, if you could get him to agree to a split like that, it's like, hey, let someone else handle the roster. And then here's the roster. Go coach the games. I just don't know that yeah, after it, having that much control for decades, would he really agree to something like that?
1: His rep was never being good at drafts, right? The, like his real gift was finding known quantities, pros who like – he could get them on a one-year contract – and get, like, the last ring of the good stuff out of them before it was uh, Well, and
0: Also, he – there was always a uh, – I hear this from uh, Patriots fans that, that he was like, oh, you know, like, even in an off year where, they're like, they'd be a little higher in the draft and, like, you know, us would be like, oh, cool, like, number seven. Maybe we're going to take a tackle. Never. Like, the Patriots always traded back and then traded back and then traded back. Yeah. So, like, he was always famous for understanding – Probably rightfully that the obsession over the first round is a little bit misguided and that yeah. amassing fourth, fifth, six round picks to find cheap diamonds is is actually the, the path to go. So I, it's probably a mixed bag with him as as GM. Um, but here I mean, he has needed to find pillars correct. to
1: build a team around. And when he has
0: needed – like absent Gronk and Brady and like these sort of like ultimate finds that he's had over the years, uh, he has not been able to keep up. And it's just – there's a reason it's a full time job and he's old and like the the team prep week over week, you know, and the NFL never really sleeps. Like, especially if you work in a front office, no. like you just players go on vacation, but front offices just pivot to scouting and the draft. And, uh, you know, it's kind of never, never ending uh, once your season is over. So um, I sort of expect the Patriots to win this one. And I think if they Same? do, um, I think there's a decent chance Belichick sticks around. Um, it's just yeah, a matter of the power struggle. I don't think Is that good for the Patriots? I don't know. Uh not that I give a shit all that much, but um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, the the other thing is this, like the Jets kept together better than I thought they would. But yep. uh God, who'd they play last week? Uh was that the Thursday night game? Who the fuck? It was the team? Dolphins. They got they yeah. got completely um, and then the looked slow and beaten.
0: Like, and it, that, like that game came right after I believe they gave contract extensions to their GM. And to their head coach, which makes no sense to me. I I understand coaches and GMs probably don't want to play on one year contracts, but if there ever was a time to let that play out, it was next year when all the chips are on the table. Rogers is coming back. Go
1: prove that this team you've spent the last couple years building is worth extending over. Because I think so much of this is like it's what we talk about in the other podcast, right? About like executive classes and such. Where like they are so allergic to actually like having to go justify, like having to like turn into performance, justify like actually sticking around, like show like what you add to this organization that I feel like, man, the people holding purse strings, everyone like they all just like end up coming together to do these deals to be like, Hey, we've all been crushing it. You know, if Aaron Aaron hadn't gotten hurt, we'd be a Super Bowl team. And I think (laughs) that is very doubtful. I think that is like their team was better than I thought. Uh, That defense clearly was special. I think having been on the field the entire fucking season, I think that defense is, and that's the other thing that defense looked cooked and like, maybe they just need, you know, maybe it all goes back to normal and like that defense will be great. Once they have mm, an offense, they'll functions. probably be good, but defensive like offenses fluctuate far less than yep. defenses statistically. There's and a so, ton of wear and tear on this, this year
0: too. Yep. A so, ton. The, so the Jets defense good next year. Yeah, probably they're, they're probably still a good unit, but that means that Rodgers, a year older, coming, coming off, off an injury, whatever he wants to tell you about his ability is, you know, listening to <laughs> dolphin sex noises to accelerate his healing process. Like all that aside, he's old. Like there's a reason. Like injuries happen to guys like that, and I expect them to be better. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I'm I, yeah, fascinating. But I expect I expect the Patriots to. To win yeah. that one. The Jets just I think the Patriots for pride have quite a bit to pay for. And I don't think the Jets, there's just nothing left in the tank. Like no. this is a team that is like, you know, folks like Garrett Wilson and 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 like they're looking where am I going on vacation? You know, like where yep. am I going with my family? Um Fal uh next up, Falcons, seven and nine, uh at St. Fields
1: very potentially Maybe two I, future homes. Yeah. They're two, the saints. Oh, they're tied to the car. Team. They're tied to car for yeah.
0: another, another, another year. Um, they're there's just not the money to move around, but the Falcons, uh, Justin Fields is from Atlanta. Um, like the, uh, the Falcons run a run heavy defense. Uh, there's actually a lot of reason. Ryan Pace is, uh, is an executive. there, not running things, but works in their football operations. He was the ex GM of the Chicago bears. Uh, so I think like there's, there's reason to wonder was that uh that loss to the Bears just a high profile workout for, for Justin Fields to be in a Falcons uniform uh yeah. next year. Um so I think this I think the Saints and the Bucs are playing for winning the division with this game, uh I believe is uh uh how that is going. Um I don't know. The Falcons they're so hit or miss week to week. They're like deeply uninteresting to watch. The Bijan Robinson thing stopping fun. I mean, he seems like a totally good player, but stuck in an offense that can't get into gear. And it's like, it doesn't matter how good of a running back you are, but if your quarterback,
1: you know, can't pitch the ball, none of it
0: really matters.
1: So it's going to be can Derek Carr manage to not lose this game and poison (laughs) poison the narrative uh, further because like it's already bad in terms of vibes. Uh, Uh,
0: Yes. Uh, And then uh, so, okay, the nine and seven Jaguars at the five and eleven Titans Uh, Titans have one of those kind of I mean, the Titans have a like I like uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget the Titans coach. Uh, Vrabel. Vrabel. Like I like him. He's you know, I know they only won five games, but if. I haven't sat and watched a lot of their games start to finish, but anytime they're on, it's like, they're a five and 11 team because of talent, like not a five and 11 team because they're not out there trying. Like they are, they grind every team that they play. And so I expect them to be better sooner rather than later because they have a pretty good setup there. And yeah. you know, then the, the 97 Jaguars, like Trevor Lawrence has not had a particularly good season. Uh, well, he's being told. hurt. He's it's hard to tell. Like, yes, I believe I think like, where's a, injury report from a week or two ago that was like, sometimes you'll get these ones where it's like head shoulders, knees and toes. Like it's like like every part of Trevor Lawrence is injured. Uh, And so I think he has to, he kind of has to play this week. I forget. Let's see. Uh, This is from sportingnews.com, Whoever that is. The jet, AFC South is NFL's most wide open division entering week 17. Nothing about that will change ahead of the final week of the season. Jacksonville remains the team to beat in the division. The Jaguars improved to nine and seven thanks to their shout out of the, the, the Panthers. They have little margin for error thanks to the results of the Colts and Texans. So it sounds like – oh, so Colts-Texans sounds like it'll be win and in if the Jaguars lose. If the Jaguars win, they're in. Uh, if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. Um, so I think that's where that stands. Um but uh, I don't know what Trevor Lawrence's uh, status. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, and
1: with Lawrence's still feels like we're in that mode of like, hey, there's flashes of what we thought we were getting, but it just—he's
0: certainly not—he's he's certainly not a bad quarterback by any stretch. Yeah. He's not a bust. Uh, that is—that is not the the case with him uh, at all. But it, it's you know, uh, it, first round draft picks, like high ones, will only take you so far, right? Yeah. Like they can—they are—they are good, Came but into the reason, a bad
1: situation and they're still digging out
0: well you know you look at Patrick Mahomes right like there is if you did a QB draft right now you would still take Patrick Mahomes number one but if you put him on you know a team with no talent around him and Travis Kelsey is like clearly he's older like he's losing a step uh quite literally like he's just slower um there's only so much even a transcendent might be the best
1: quarterback of all time can do. Like, if you want to see what is it like, especially when you're when Matt Nagy is running your offense. Well, yeah,
0: I, I, I there's I, a part I, I, of
1: this th- this whole story that I've been like, oh, cheese fans, I know this movie. Yes, I know. Oh, I know. Just, well, I know. weird. Like, things just don't seem to be working out. Like the offense just, oh, uh, just nothing's, <laughs> nothing's nothing's quite working. Working. There's no, there's nothing happening downfield. These, these, just everything's kind of misfiring. T- timing seems off. Weird. The problem is,
0: and I I'm not look as a Bears fan. Like watching Matt Nagy go on to, you know, be in the offensive infrastructure of the Chiefs and then win a Super Bowl immediately after leaving the Bears it made me furious. Uh, but you watch any Chiefs game and like the drops are so bad. <laughs> like like it is like literally like all right like hey everyone move out of the way Pat 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 Mahomes is going to throw you the ball okay. And then like, what was that post right through my like, fingers?
1: Mahomes gave a post game interview where he was like, yeah, it's on me. I should try to throw passes that are easier to catch. <laughs> and he meant it sincerely. But also it's like, I, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 it's,
0: it's, it is seriously an exercise and that man is kind close of to snapping. He, well, I mean, uh, you, if you watch, you know, clips of their games, like, uh, uh uh, Travis Kelsey has always been one of those, like, take my helmet off and throw it at the ground when something goes poorly. He's doing that a lot more, you know? Um, and it's actually been delightful well, to watch the the evolution of uh, Taylor Swift becoming just like all of us. And they still pan over to her. And now they they keep catching her getting angry and upset.
1: And I was like, oh, welcome. This is what it's like to be a football fan, Miss Swift. Well, also, like, to me, yes, Mahomes always would take the ball and run. But man, there are a lot of plays now where he's lowering the shoulder. And like, yeah. it is, that is a man playing angry. That is like, that is not just a, he feels like he has to get that extra yard, even if it means the hit, because that's the only way that yard's gonna happen, which is not great. Like, he's, no, he's a football player, he's willing to do that. But like, boy, I don't want, you don't want him to take those hits. But also, it does feel like there's a little bit of that guy looks, he doesn't see much, or what he sees, he knows that that pass ain't gonna be completed. And he just says the hell with it. I'll do it myself. There's a lot of plays that look that way, and uh, yeah, they got to do something, man. Because this boy uh, that sounds
0: a lot like Justin Fields last
1: year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you know what's weird is uh, I want to say on um it was before the Bears Chiefs game. They had the um the Athletics Chiefs reporter, mm-hmm. and she was saying that uh like Mahomes loves Matt Nagy. Like in terms of discussions around like, you know, if Andy Reid ever decides to hang it up, uh Mahomes kind of will probably be one of the people picking the new coach, right? It's you know, he's Oh, the, it's he's been it's been clear for a little while that
0: Nagy is being groomed to to take take that position. And look, I mean, Nagy, I think I, he was not a particularly smart offensive mind. He's a great locker room guy. But he was a great locker room guy. Um uh but, but Rob <laughs> – Look, I want Patrick Mahomes to have, like, he's fun to watch. He's one of my favorite players. I want him to be on good teams. It's exciting to watch him in big games. And I always want that to keep happening. But the idea that we live in a timeline where during the twilight of Patrick Mahomes' career, we could watch it be squandered by Matt Nagy is a very funny one.
1: It is a very funny timeline, even if it's not the one that I want. (laughs) I know. But again, it is one of those things where, like, like, Nagy was frustrating and more so by the end. Again, one of those dudes that like, I wish good things for him. Like, you know, didn't seem like a bad guy. Bitter end. He seemed like a good coach, a conscientious guy. Uh, But yeah, it's just it's it's rough out there. Uh, And keeping a team together is is not easy. Chiefs fans, you better hope you learn something over the next three or
0: four years. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whenever they like the Chiefs have something beyond BU, Yeah. yeah <laughs> hey,
1: oh, my Matt, God. Maybe we should figure out who you are. Is that a good idea? Is BU still good advice? Uh, and maybe then Chiefs be fans, someone else.
0: Chiefs fans will then uh, dig through the arc. I, how long until the 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 Nagy led uh, Chiefs are having uh, a mediocre start to the season that people look up that video or the photo of Matt Nagy ahead of the draft with all the play call sheets in the room. Do you remember that photo? Yep. Like who is this guy? And why is he so fucking weird? Ah, all right. See, uh, Seahawks at Cardinals, the, the surprisingly feisty Cardinals who also have like a really fun and interesting offseason, where they've only won four games. They've been in a lot of games.
1: They might've just destroyed the Eagles organization with
0: that. They might've just destroyed the Eagles organization with that final drive where, when you have a three-minute drive to go try and win the game, that's usually a heavy passing situation. And the Cardinals said, we don't think you can stop anything, and just ran, ran. I mean, just the most demoralizing—I mean, I. we'll get there. Probably we should hold the Eagles' yeah. discussion till later. We're getting to them. But fast, fascinating—we get a lot of uh, fun messages from a friend of ours— <laughs> let's say about, about the Eagles
1: as they are going through this vibe shift. Well, the, the, uh, the Eagles are just the bears with hope, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the vibe. Yeah. Is yeah. Like real similar expectations. Just the Eagles are good enough to like, man, this team could be, they could go back to the Super Bowl. They could do this, but all those issues are there. They're lurking. Anyway. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't think they're going to be doing that. Um, I don't know. I th- the, the Cardinals being the Eagles. I think they're a good team with no talent. Uh, I think, it's interesting that they approach this season kind of meant nothing to them. They had to wait for Kyler Murray to come back halfway through. Uh, You know, they're out of range of one of these top two quarterbacks, but now they could take anything or trade back and get a whole bounty. And they did that last year. Uh, And I think the Cardinals are set up to be like a pretty interesting team. And Kyler Murray's good. Like he's fun to watch. Uh, uh, The Seahawks, you know, they've kind of fallen apart recently. The
1: Geno Smith story is less fun than it used to be. Um, but well, he, took I don't hard, know, I, he took some nasty licks too. He did. Like, he did. You know, at that point, you're a veteran quarterback with an injury history, hurt again. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Pete Carroll, like another 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 team where it's like good enough organization that they're always playing meaningful games. Uh, they're never gonna disgrace you. But it does feel like Pete keeps them more in that like mm, 500 record zone than yeah. you'd like to see.
0: Well, right, and uh, you know, a lot of the Seahawks being good, like really good, was stumbling into Russell Wilson, and then having like one, like two incredible back. Like it's yeah. it's how draft, like well, singular drafts can be transformative to an organization when they hit on like the Legion of Boom comes out of largely one, if not two, drafts, and then that's the definition
1: of their franchise for almost a decade. Also, like everyone should watch. Shannon Sharp's interview on Club Shay Shay <laughs> with Marshawn because okay. one, it's just a fast, like how often have you seen Marshawn Lynch talk for two hours? Like how often have right. you ever heard that man just go on the record and just hold forth for two hours? It's just clips. It's not, it's usually short form stuff with yeah. because he's so, so like funny. This is probably the most thorough like career assessment conversation I've ever seen with Marshawn Lynch. And there's some great stuff there about his time in Buffalo um, that is just, like, you know, kind of painful to listen to because, like, the Chicago pol- the Chicago police <laughs> telling slip there. Uh-huh. The Buffalo police, like, pulled him over, like, two, three times outside the stadium, um, <sighs> and he couldn't get the org to, like, take it seriously. So he, he bounced. Uh, but his take on the whole, like, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, all that, like, his description of what it was like being in that org during the back-to-back Super Bowls era – is fascinating it tells you so much about like Pete Carroll, Russ, all that. Um, really fascinating stuff to, to hear. And one of the things that emerged is it was interesting. Marshawn described Pete Carroll. He found Pete Carroll fatiguing. Is his description. Cause Marshawn, his position is like, I do not need the stuff that gets people fired up. I don't need the locker room speech. I don't need you to like, you know, try to put heart into me. Um, but some guys do, and Pete Carroll's an amazing coach for that. But this is why he and Marshawn never got on is because like Pete Carroll's entire thing about like I'm going to get this team emotionally keyed up and in this register to perform. And Marshawn is just not that dude. You know, he's so gifted and he's so good that he he's a pro. He gives a shit about turning in the best performance. He just isn't going to do the thing where he's going to be like crying and <laughs> acting like he's ready to die out there. That's just not him. And so, like, he and Pete Carroll never, never got along. But I think this explains a lot about, like, where the Seahawks find themselves. You know, the team never falls apart because Pete Carroll can always put the fire in them. But also, like, in cases where maybe fire is not enough, this is why you end up at 500 records. Yeah, I think that's right.
0: Uh, we've gone over the Bears and Packers. Who do you think
1: wins? Jim Harbaugh. With his new contract <laughs> as head coach of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> hey, buddy. Look, easiest move of your life. Just bring that shit from Ann Arbor straight over to, <laughs> to Chicago. Welcome back, son.
0: Uh, That would be the most Bears thing to, to do. Uh, Dude, I mean, that, like nothing would coach. make me happier.
1: I would lose my mind because like <laughs> Harbaugh is such a weird asshole. Yeah. But at that point, I would be in it for the reality TV aspect of like, our give us the, give us the hard. Knock, oh, they would have, they would
0: have to give hard knocks to the bears. And we would have to do weekly podcasts recapping.
1: What oh, yeah. happened on hard knocks. Well, and also like the hard knocks to have an entire episode about like, so tell us about your relationship with Mike Ditka. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Just boom. <laughs> so how did that inform you as a coach? Uh, but you didn't answer the question. Uh okay. So uh-huh. yeah. I think the Packers beat them. Not like a drum, but I think it's a, yeah. I think the Packers win by like a touchdown.
0: I that's where I stand as well. I think uh I think it's possible that like this in the same way we've ended this season for the Bears feeling indecisive like there're like there's a lot of data points it's it's like we've learned a lot i can imagine and it it might come down to this rob which is like justin fields had if you look at the stats on his fourth quarter performance and specifically game winning potentially game winning drive performances it is bad he has more interceptions in the fourth quarter he takes more sacks in the fourth quarter he doesn't go down the field and win you the game. And on some level, if you want to crystallize, what do you want from a quarterback? It's what I watched Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers like or Patrick Mahomes yes. is the game is on the line. You have two minutes, two timeouts, plenty of time. And how do you feel about your level of success in being able to pull this off? And how often were the Bears winning with two minutes to go And Aaron Rodgers, like, we left him too much time. And on some level, there was never – it didn't matter how much time. You left any time Rodgers was going to find Jordy Nelson or Devontae. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it always felt like there's a different way for them to cut our heart out. But, like, when I really think about what do I want out of a quarterback, it's in that moment to be excited, a little scared, but excited about what might happen next. And so far with Justin – usually bad things happen. Yeah. And then the the game ends in heartbreak. And it's so, I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be fired up. The defense is playing so like worlds better than they were at the beginning of the season. I think they're going to be able to keep Jordan love in check, but I think Jordan love is a pretty good player. I think they have really good wide receivers, uh, some good tight ends. And I think it's going to be competitive. And I think they're going to, it's very easy to paint a picture in my mind of the Packers up by seven uh, uh, Fields has a chance to go down and tie the game, center to overtime and he gets sacked and we're left going. I've seen this happen to Justin a million times and now it just happened at Lambeau well, Field. And, and this, Packers by the way, going
1: to the playoffs, Justin sacks. like the thing that probably really made me ready to call time on Justin Fields was when Baygent was in. Yeah. Bajent was clearly a less capable quarterback, nowhere near the gifts, nowhere near the ceiling. And that offense looked better, not in terms of outcome, like, you know, he lost games, but like in terms of throws going out on schedule, like plays going to the line on time, like everything just looking very rehearsed and machine like. And was it a little less exciting because like Baygent is not that dynamic threat? Yes. But it was also very clear, like, man, we are in year three of Justin Fields and there's times where like one, it barely looks like the snaps getting off and two, he's just lost in his reads immediately. And you're just watching him like start to, you know, he starts to scramble around. He's not finishing his reads or he hasn't seen enough. And Baygent would just take what was there. And he just has that. It's the thing that can't be taught, right? That ability to be like instant recognition. I'm going to throw the ball. And Baygent is an inferior quarterback, but in some ways had a superior like pro quarterback skill set. And fields, we only see flashes of that. And man, even in his best games, there's still a lot of like, you know, you run the tape. He's late on throws. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I like, I think um, that, you know, the Justin Fields playing his way into a sack thing is is kind of how I do expect this to end and maybe be the the end of uh, end of his era in Chicago. If The Packers were really devious. They would lie down for this one. <laughs> like, just you're not going far in the playoffs. Just lie down. And you'll destroy the Bears for another generation. <laughs> well, when I I have a um, –
0: lot my wife has a lot of family in Wisconsin. and uh, On one of our holiday travels uh, over the past two weeks, uh, they were asking me how I felt about the Bears and yada yada. And, you know, we're talking shit as we're leaving. But it was funny because it was a – they – Packers fans hate Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator, so much and do not understand why Matt LaFleur has not – like they've had – poor defensive performances for several years now. Like the kinds of which the only thing that can be explained is that Matt LaFleur really really likes Joe Barry and like will not give him up like as a friend and then play caller for the defense. And so I mean maybe things are different now they came to the playoffs. But when I left on like, you know, Christmas Day, it was a lot of people being like, "Hope the Bears win because we need to get Joe Barry the fuck out of the building." And I was like, "No, no, no, no." Like like what are you what are you talking about? So there are a lot of competing interests going into to that game. But I think we we fall in the same spot. I, th- I think uh, the Bears fall short. I think there are some exciting moments. And I f- frankly, that's a crystallization of the Bears season. Some some fun moments and they fall short. So uh, 10 and 6 Chiefs, although the 6 stands louder than the 10 at this point if you've watched any Chiefs it games uh, over the course of the year. Uh, against the 5 and 11 Chargers who have nothing to play for, fired their coach. They're lost. Uh, yeah. They're lost. And yet, uh, if you wanted me... Am I going to bet any money on the Chiefs this weekend? No. Oh, I uh, Because the Chargers are at least a, a rival in the division, uh, and the Chiefs have shown no ability to get anything done yeah. uh, over the the past couple of weeks. Uh, they are a shadow of themselves and, like, are very much – seem like they're heading towards – I expect them to beat the Chargers, even though I wouldn't be surprised if they lost. I expect them to beat them, lose in the first round, and then it's this really long off season for the Chiefs trying to figure out what the fuck – do we do next? Um, yeah. Because they will not be able to trot out that roster again. Cause if Travis Kelsey, the kind of
1: slowdown he's showing, yeah, like that doesn't really reverse. And he has well, been the incredible. Slowdown is also driven s- by like lack of weapons. Like Correct. ultimately their defense has got to get a lot worse and their offense has got to get a lot better. That's going to be the trade off, right? Where it's like, yeah. they, they shaped up their act. That defense turned pretty good. And that's why they're yeah. like competitive right now. The cost of that has been, we found the floor. Of what Mahomes can make work, and Kelsey is—has he lost a step, or is he just like shut down more effectively? Just because there's so few options, it's a little bit of both. I—I th- I think he was. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think even last year,
0: Kelsey was—you know—like in those playoff games, like he—he he was the kind of player that, much like Gronk at his heights, it didn't matter what else was around them. Like him and Mahomes could just make it work. And I think now this is just being put to the ultimate test with it's like along a line of age and lack of talent and. Yep. I think he's still an elite tight end, but he's just slightly less elite, yeah. and that is just
1: exposed as a result of all the wide receivers not drawing any interest from anybody. I think people get a weird, like, Gronk took sabbaticals. Like, Gronk's longevity, I think, can give you a weird expectation for how things are going to go. Gronk recovered well from injuries. He took, he took breaks, and he had a weird natural connection with, with Brady. And also the dude was fucking huge. Like, I don't know what his stats are stacking up to Kelsey, but like just in terms of who he was playing against, Gronk was physically imposing in a way few other tight ends I've seen are. And so to an extent there was like a, you know, you knew, you knew his number was getting called, but like there's very little you could do again, do about that. Um, That's just not been the case with Kelsey this season. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I think, um, I think they win this, you know, I don't think the Chargers this close to tarmacking their coach. Are gonna be. uh, I don't think there's (laughs) there's there's much fight in them. So I'll 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 say like the Chiefs will like they're gonna try to have a get right game uh, heading into the postseason. Yeah, it may end up. I bet they win. I'll bet you it does not feel like a get right game. Nope. Uh, And it's funny
0: because the Chargers are the complete opposite of the Raiders. Who uh, the eight and eight Broncos are at the seven and nine Raiders, and the Raiders. Also a team that fired their coach. I believe might have been the first coach firing that happened uh, over this season. Uh, and then have just gone on a string of really weird adrenaline. Like, I believe they won a game recently where they did not complete an offensive pass, which does not seem like what? that should be possible. Yes, I believe that is right. One of the mo- Raiders, no offensive pass. Am I right about this? Uh... Maybe I have that stat wrong, but it was something where like the offense did nothing, but the defense showed up. They also scored what was it like sixty points at one point uh, against uh, I forget who. Uh, it's just a completely bizarre uh, uh, team, um, and yet you know they're I think they're eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, they they're, they're not playing for
1: anything. The Broncos are not
0: quite eliminated, but the Broncos.
1: I mean, they're loading the whole- Russell Wilson into a cannon yes uh no the broncos are eliminated uh as what was well. the deal um, so hang on so they benched him and the gloss i saw on it was for contract reasons is there correct was there a, a thing about like games started or games played in no they, like, so the way okay. the, the way
0: his the way his contract was structured sometimes there is that where like for example the jets won't have to give a first round pick to the packers it'll be a second round pick because Rodgers didn't hit a playing threshold sometimes yeah. uh uh trades are are structured that way with with Wilson it was if he d- if he could not pass a physical in march he was owed he's already owed 30 something million if he could not pass a physical he had an injury guarantee so he was owed like another 30 million uh if they bench him and he can pass a physical in march the team does not owe him the 30 million dollars they can cut him and i think that turns into dead money um I forget exact the mac like, like that's the basics of of it. It's, it's Man, a, these contracts it's,
1: are written in such weaselly ass fashions.
0: It is it is purposely uh, a financial. I mean, yeah. I, Wilson has not been. He's been better, but I don't. He has not lived up to that contract. No. This is going to go down as one of the all time terrible trades. Like to have that back to back with Deshaun Watson, in which both of those are going to go down as all time uh, terrible uh, trades. Uh, and and yeah, my understanding is that. I think Wilson said this, that he was approached during their losing skid early in the season by the team to, if he wanted to keep playing as the starter, he was going to have to remove those clauses from his contract. And then I guess, like, the team got involved, the NFLPA got involved, and there was discussions, but ultimately Wilson said no. Then they went on a five-game winning streak, which I believe started with beating the Bears at, like, the end of that game that the Bears should have won – and they went on to win like five games in a row. So they're kind of riding high. Uh, and then as it was they're kind of skidding towards not being in the playoffs, uh, the team made a kind of an organizational decision to sit him uh with the expectation that he'll be cut uh yeah. early next year, uh and they'll and they'll move on.
1: What's the word like what are what's Sean Payton looking for a quarterback at this point? Like what are their what are their scenarios for, I don't know. for getting one of them?
0: You know, they won enough games that, you know, they're not at the top of the heap in in terms of the the draft. Um, You know, in theory, they would be a – they passed on fields, right? Like the Broncos uh, uh, took uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, I believe, in that draft when – what's his face? Our old defensive coordinator. He's on the Dolphins now. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio was uh, the head coach. uh, And they took uh, Patrick Sertan, a cornerback, instead of fields. And that kind of opened the door – to the Bears being able to trade up, uh, for Fields, so I don't know. No, he hasn't said much. Like I, I, I assume we won't hear much about that until they cut Wilson. It, you know, yeah. kind of as a sign of respect. You even cutting it seems Wilson, like
1: that contract still is going to mess up their books for a little while longer, right? For years, yeah, yeah, for at least like the next two years. Um,
0: um, yeah, it's 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 a mess. So, uh, I don't know. The the Raiders like have a head, even though they're out of the playoffs, they have a head coach that. They seem to really like Antonio Pierce. Uh, so I, I don't know where this one is going to go, but they're playing a backup on on the Broncos. Yeah. I forget the guy's name, but uh, I sort of expect the Raiders to pull it out just because while they have nothing to pay play for, there's clearly sort of a fuck you culture going on. I think the Broncos are just kind of a, yeah. kind of a mess so they can move on from Wilson. Uh, the 11 to five Eagles at the five and 11 Giants. And Rob, I think the Giants might win this game. I, I would, believe- rod, right uh yes, led by Tyra Taylor, uh who is a not a high ceiling quarterback, but like high floor. Like he can kind of execute yeah. your offense. He's a totally, totally acceptable option. Uh the the Tommy DeVito. Is he injured or was he benched? I can't I remember know. what ended up happening to him. He's hopefully he's still, you know, doing his pasta commercials. His I agent. do miss the memes. Uh but the Eagles are a mess. Like the like I don't know that there's a team Is there a team with worse vibes in the NFL right now than the Philadelphia Eagles?
1: no like it's which is so weird because they are a they were a really good team they were having a great season Uh uh-huh and now you got things like jalen hurts saying like he doesn't think the team has commitment and what does that mean what does that imply about the team uh the fact that people were making like it, you know, became a meme at this point. How predictable their play calling was. Uh, that what was it? Chris McCaffrey was on the Manning uh, broadcast yeah. watching, and he just called what the play was going to be. He got the gap wrong that the uh, the run was going to hit, but he knew what the play was going to be. Uh, Matt Patricia, yes, Matt Patricia's <laughs> defense giving up. What was that drive that gave up? Uh, that wasn't the Cardinals game. It was a different game. The, um, the uh, Seahawks game. Yeah, just collapsing uh which the and, pencil can only do so much rob it's one of those things like it raises questions when you bring that guy in because like he was clearly like detroit should have been the end of the line for him and belichick stands by his guys sure and like brought him back and he helped fuck up the the offense there <laughs> yeah i ruined mac jones an otherwise decent rookie like quarterback
0: rookie that came in the same year as fields and now mac jones I should requ- like request a trade. I'm yeah. not sure he could pull that off, but so yeah, yeah the Eagles, ruined him.
1: The Eagles look super, super lost. Um, I don't know. It's it's been kind of depressing to watch the the wheels come off here because, like, you know, Philly fans are kind of fun uh, in the way that Oscar the Grouch is fun, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, it's it's fun when the Eagles are good. Yes, and I agree. I think part of the problem here is this team. Justly has higher expectations of itself. And it's starting to like turn inward trying to figure out, like, why are we not living with those expectations? And the answer increasingly appears to be coaching staff, which is the thing the players can't touch.
0: Well, and, you know, I think this is something we talked about when we previewed the season was the big question on the Eagles was they have incredible talent. They were just in the Super Bowl. If they'd played any other team than the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they win the Super Bowl. Um, and even then, like, Jalen Hurts played out of his fucking... Like, yeah. he played so good. And then he just ran into, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing Mahomes things. Uh, and that has happened to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but they've done so many panic moves already, right? Like, having Sean Desai, their ex-defensive coordinator, like, I'm going to I'm gonna look at the plays from... When you start doing... I'm going to look at the plays from up in the suite. And then I'm going to look at the plays on the field. And then I'm going to switch to defensive coordinators. Like, when you're making those moves, what it communicates to me is you don't actually know what's wrong. And you're just hoping we throw something at the wall, it sticks, and we can keep going. And what happens is they keep throwing things at the wall. The, the wall keeps punching back. And maybe Hurts Hertz does have a, a knee injury that he has been nursing yep. a huge amount of the season. I think that helps explain, uh, like, in that Seahawks game, he threw two interceptions that were just, like, lofting the yeah. ball in a way that made... I don't know if he didn't have the zip on it. I don't. I don't know what, what was going on. But he's not right. And I think a combination of him being, let's say, seventy percent of himself, combined yeah. with a coaching staff. But in the uh, what I, what I was getting at was in the preseason they lost their offensive and defensive coordinators. The defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, I believe, went to the Cardinals, and he was kind of a laughing stock over the summer because there were some like weird clips coming out of him trying to be a, a hard ass coach, and it oh that's it seemed right very laughable, that, yeah. right? But, like, look, the real proof is what happens on the field, and he, he seems to be establishing a good yeah. culture uh, over there. Uh, the uh, offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me, went to the Colts. They're about to be in a potential, like, win-and-in game uh, with a backup quarterback. In a year like, where they were not
1: really expected to be competitive, and then they've had misfortune.
0: Yeah. Right. And so that's the, the nature of what can happen after a Super Bowl is you get, you know, the talent drain, and they lost it on both ends. And I, I think we're seeing that, like, manifest itself where it's actually kind of fascinating on the, like take the naggy thing out of the equation. Cause I think some of that is our bears brains breaking us. Like broadly, you can look at the chiefs and be like, this is a well coached team with an enormous uh, talent deficit. And the Eagles appear to be a poorly coached team with incredible talent. Now their defense is kind of falling apart, but like on the offensive side of the ball, let's say uh, t- they should be much better and less predictable than they are. And so to watch the coaching fail an incredibly talented team is kind of is kind of fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's been a bit grim. I, I wonder what's going to happen when they, you know, it certainly looks like they're headed for an early playoff exit. And I'm curious. I what would. The fallout's gonna be. Yes, I
0: would be sort of where would they Eagles playoff matchup? Who would they play?
1: Uh, let's see. The Eagles would. God, they wouldn't stumble right into the Cowboys, would they? <sighs> I'm trying to find it.
0: Uh, let's see. This is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Just a few weeks ago, it seemed all but certain the Eagles would win the NFC East. Now their chances of their division seem a bit dicey. The Eagles will need a Cowboys loss in Week 18 against the Commanders to have a chance of winning the NFC East. Here's how the Eagles win the division, da 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 Playoff picture. It seems, yeah, it's not clear yet. Um, no. Well, I don't know. Running into the Cowboys, that's just like two teams that are kind of a mess uh,
1: right, right now. I don't, the Cowboys uh, can't figure out. We'll get to them in a second. But yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, nine and seven Rams uh, at the 12 and 14. Hey, yeah, do you think the Giants uh, are gonna win or the Eagles?
1: I still think the Eagles win.
0: I think the Eagles win, but the Giants, uh, they're play like, look, Dable is a good coach. Yep. I think they. Fucked up by hiring, you know, uh, signing that contract to Daniel Jones. I think they should just cut bait. I think they should have just been bad this year yeah. and realize, like, they will getting them to the playoffs in the year one, holy shit. Like, we've got something, but it's going to take us a couple years to get it all together. And they they fucked up by signing Jones. Yeah. But I think the Giants probably give them a, a fight, uh, and the Eagles managed to pull it up. But I think it's going to be similar to how you said it with the Chiefs, where it's not a win you come out and failed get great right about. Game. Yeah, another failed get-right game. get-worried game. Uh, <laughs> nine and seven Rams at the 12 and four 49ers two teams, have nothing to
1: play for. Right. That, that's... I believe
0: neither team has anything to play for. I think the Rams are in the playoffs with uh, the seating is the seating. Mm. And I think the 49ers are uh, locked in the first seed with nothing to play for. And specifically have players like Christian McCaffrey who have like mild injuries. And, time. Like, need yeah need the two weeks to get right. So yeah. um, I don't think we're, I'm not expect, I think the 49ers have, the Rams can put together a great game plan. they are a fun story this year. Like Matthew Stafford is a fun quarterback. Uh Sean
1: McVay seems to be tuned back into coaching again. Yeah, more, it, yeah after think.
0: like toying with retiring for several years, he seems to have gotten oh, his way Mojo a back. rebuild
1: project. Interesting. Yes. yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Uh so I think the 49ers depth just wins this one out, but I don't think it's a particularly yeah. interesting game and I don't think it'll tell, tell us anything about um the matchups to come. So I think the 49ers win, but it's you know, I, I'm not I the 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 bears are gonna be on during this 325 time slot and I will not be watching the, <laughs> the Rams 49ers. Um but uh we the the last of the 325 games uh 11 and 5 Cowboys against the four and twelve commanders the commanders who seem on their way to probably firing uh Ron Rivera uh Riverboat Ron <laughs> has is I think his luck is is run out uh, a leader of men can only get you so far when you also seem to be a pretty poor coach. Um, and uh, the Cowboys are are sputtering in different ways. I, I
1: you said you couldn't put your finger on what's wrong with them, right? Yeah, it's no, it, it's more. I can't figure them out. Like there are times that like, what was it? It was they destroyed the Niners, right? Was that them? No, well, the Niners destroyed them. No, well, then who the Niners get destroyed? was the oh Baltimore. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yes. so like this is this is the kind of stuff I mean, where it's like, I was confident the Niners just like gonna smoke everyone this year, and then Baltimore smoked them. Uh, the Cowboys, I feel, I guess maybe it's that that home field thing uh, that goes on to them a little bit, but like, the Cowboys are there are times when I'm like same as every year, overrated, but the, you know they get punched in the mouth and they're done but like they've not some good wins this year and they've beaten some, well, I guess in retrospect, maybe that Phil the crushing Philly a few weeks ago looks less impressive. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like the Cowboys are a team. I just don't, I am. I'm never sure what to make of them. Uh, now against the commanders probably like, yeah, they're just going to comfortably roll over them and uh, send, send Ron into retirement. But in terms of like, what to expect from the Cowboys. I just, I have no, I have no idea. No, they, they seem like they're playing
0: really tight and, uh, their defense has really fallen off after being historically good, uh, last year, a a huge portion of this year. And so, you know, I, I, I can't really explain what's happened to them to have fallen off to that degree. Um, but you have sequences like in the Cowboys lions game where the Cowboys, you know, go and score a touchdown. They have the lead, over the Lions, and they have an opportunity to essentially grind the clock into dust. And Mike McCarthy has, who's calling offensive plays this year, has Dak going back and throwing bombs forty yards down the, the field. And I, I get the in you know the instinct to want to put the game away and make a statement, but all he ended up doing was, I mean, what we've seen the Lions do. Like the Lions live in situational. Yeah like high pressure, like their package of plays, the players they have are going to put you in a vice in like, like we watched them do it to the bears, four minutes to two minutes. They went and scored a touchdown, three and out from the bears, three timeouts left, two minutes, they go down the field, you know, beat the bears in heartbreaking fashion. That's just what the lions do. And so, you know, it's, I think Dak is really good. He's had a great season. Um, I like CD lamb is such an awesome, fun yeah. wide receiver to watch. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. This is a get right game either. The Commanders do play like pretty hard. Like they're they're not just kind of rolling over for teams. But I think this is like Rob. I think we're running into a pattern here. I think we this is yet another like get wrong. Yeah. Uh, Like this is like I think the Cowboys win this, but I don't think they come out of it going and we could beat anybody in the postseason. I think instead they kind of limp there and just hope something clicks. I think their their record is such that they'll play at home for the first two rounds. Uh, so, and they're, I think they're, they're, uh, uh, they have not lost at home uh, this season. So uh, clearly they have some sort of tangible benefit, um, whether it's home field advantage or just like the vibes are better, but uh, I expect them to win, but I expect it to be like 23 to 20. And it's like, huh? Well, that, that should have been better than, than that was Uh final game of the week. Uh, Sunday night, uh, ten and six Bills at the eleven and five Dolphins. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I. Rob is shrugging at me, and I feel like that is. I don't know what to make of this. I frankly think the NFL should step in and uh, make the Bears-Packers the Sunday night game instead. I think it's the one that has the most at stake, frankly. But we have the the Bills who are just. So I was at because I was at the Bears game. I did not watch any of the Sunday slate. Do, 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 what, I, I saw the, the, I mean, the dolphins get, you know, I don't, I don't have to watch the game against the Ravens to understand what happened there. The score told me everything. Um, but the bills seem like a really, you don't know what team is going to show up yeah. uh, week to week.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know the I, I only caught little bits of the, the Patriots game, but again, you're kind of hoping for a, we just smoke those guys and get, and they didn't. Uh, it's a team you should have beat up on. And you didn't in the way you want to see. Uh, I don't know. The bills, uh, the bills have had a season. That's like, it's again, re- yes. Which team is going to show up? I have no idea. Uh, they've always been a little bit like swingy, but this year it just seems worse. Well, it's, it's uh, we didn't get a
0: chance to talk about this, but the, uh, you know, the, oh that's the, right. The Sean McDermott, who's the coach of the, Hey, bills, which nine seems- 11
1: hijacker are you? Let's let's go on BuzzFeed and do a
0: personality quiz. Jesus Christ. Please, please go look that up if you are unaware of that anecdote. Even if you just listen to this podcast as background noise, uh, I think you'll be deeply amused by this uh, Sean McDermott profile from a couple of weeks back. Um, And like the vibes are bad. Like the – there's going to be like almost like momentum going forward to like they fire this offensive coordinator. Is Sean McDermott like – is this the ceiling of this team? With someone like Josh Allen. And then this profile comes out. And it felt like we were training in the direction of no one would have predicted Sean McDermott to get fired this season, but like maybe, like maybe, like these guys that operate like this, who are like the John, like the the Harbaughs of the world, right? Like who are loud and abrasive, have a very particular style. Eventually, especially when you run into adversity, that stops working. And um, you can only yell so loud uh, before players stop reacting to especially veteran players and, you know, guys who have massive contracts. And so, you know, if they somehow they lose to the dolphins, they don't show up. I wonder if that reignites that conversation because they'll end up missing the playoffs. I think they need some other things to go their way, even with a win. Uh, but the, uh, the dolphins are equally sort of a, they're, well, they're not that mysterious. They have injuries. I think that is the, the long and short of yeah. the dolphins is they are, a lot of players are playing hurts. Even Tua got a shoulder injury. Uh, at the end of uh, uh, or during d- during the game uh, last Sunday, um, I guess the one question you get answered from this season, the Dolphins, is you you probably extend to a I don't think they're going to have a choice if they, you know, win
1: 11, 12 games. I mean, you're in uh, a classic up. situation. I'm like, should you? the ceiling where we want it to be? Probably not. Are we going to go? Are there better alternatives out there? No, no, probably not. Unless do you think Dustin? Mike McDaniel thinks back.
0: To that one time, well, one of my all again. Oh, the stop, the it. Justin. Fields, stop it! If the, if the Justin Fields era is over, I will be tremendously sad because of how many like fun highlights there have been in. It essentially, has been like three pretty miserable <laughs> like seasons with him, um, mostly due to the circumstances around him. But yes, there was a t- there was a game last year where the Dolphins and the and the Bears played, and it was right after they traded for Chase Claypool. Remember, like the first play of the game or, or first series of the Bears. Chase Claypool does exactly what they hired him to do, which was Justin just chucked it up. Chase Claypool dives into the air and gets a pass interference, and they go forty years, forty yards down the field. It's like that's why you get a big body guy like that to get interfered with. And if Justin Fields like running, it's another you know Justin Fields running around, and at a certain point, Mike McDaniel like he was right in front of where Justin Fields was coming off to the sidelines, and he like comes up to him and just gives him shit and like, please. Like, can you stop that man like it was just such a delightful moment um, what a good coach uh, and I guess ultimately that's I, yes I think they're probably getting backed up to paying two too much money but Mike McDaniel just seems really smart and sort of I I give him a little bit longer leash on making making that call he has to to some extent uh, like some Shanahan vibes where it's his system yeah. and like t- t- if two was just good at doing it maybe that's worth it he'd prefer having a Brock Purdy that costs nothing. But yeah, well, it's funny the way he describes
1: it. He's at least the way he like claims it worked was he really did try to design around a system around Tua. Like this is what he came in and he was like, I recognize there's a reclamation project here and I can see what Tua can do. Uh, You know, so maybe he is one of those, the rare guy who actually is quarterback agnostic and could scheme up stuff to fit a variety of talents. But it does in general, most guys do have a scheme that they try to fit guys to. And they can't help it. It's yeah. like coming up with with one working NFL offense is hard enough. Uh you know, coming up with multiple based on personnel is, is uh you know, there's a handful of guys who can do that. True. All right, let's do one
0: question before we get out of here. You can send uh, questions with the title Sports to questions at remapradio. dot com. Um, this comes in from Sean. Uh I grew up most of my life. Uh, moving abroad, but mostly rooted for the same teams my dad did, mainly DC and LA teams. But in my teens, I tried to claim I thought sports were boring and dumb. so to you know, relatable. Uh, part of this uh, was because I never had a regional identity in the US in the same way many of my American or even foreign friends had. And most of the teams I followed in the 2000s were disappointing to bad to absolutely horrible. Washington's football team stopped being good the year I was born. The Nationals were an expansion team that were irrelevant. The Wizards had that Jordan phase. The Dodgers kept getting the shit kicked in, their shit kicked in during the Bonds era of the Giants, and while I did like hockey, I did not pay close enough attention to it, but I knew that the Capitals were not winning Stanley Cups. My one saving grace was I kind of liked the Lakers, although I liked them a lot less when the allegations against Kobe Bryant came out. Fair. After college, though, I moved to D.C. and realizing that I actually did really enjoy sports and decided to actively follow sports more closely as a way to build community with the city I hope to call home as well as my dad. This was 2014, and since then, I have also gotten into Gaelic football, hurling, Formula E, and F1. Here are some of the things that have happened to my team since then. 2017, Galway wins the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship, first since 1998. 2018, Capitals won the Stanley Cup, first in franchise. 2019, Washington's football team finally gets rid of the racist name. (laughs) 2019, Nationals won the World Series, first in franchise. 2020, DS... To cheetah and Antonio Felix da Costa win the Formula E constructors and Driver championships, respectively. Third in a row, first ever. 2020. French fuckboy Pierre Gasly wins his F1 race. Do you agree with be- it, the French fuckboy naming convention
1: here, Rob? I think that's kind of harsh for Pierre, but <laughs> I see how you, like if you judge a book by its cover, uh, he for sure looks like a French fuckboy.
0: Okay. 2020 Dodgers won the World Series first since 1998. 2023 Hanshin uh, Tigers win Jap- Japan Series championship first since 1985. Also, please look into the Curse of the Colonel if you're able to. It's very fun. Okay, I'll try and do that after the, the podcast. Clearly, I am personally responsible for all this success, but I'm not someone who cares or even wants dynasty. So I usually check out for a couple seasons, and move on to my next sports team hyperfixation after my team's success. So my question for you is this: What sports team should I be investing my time and attention into now? Should I follow KBO League, MLS, Premier League? What about rugby? I've been eyeing some vintage Diablos Rojos Still Mexico merchandise. I'm willing to try just about anything at this point. Anyway, thanks. And as always, fuck the San Francisco, New York, and Yamuri Giants. Wow, that's just a cr- <laughs> uh, just an anti-Giants uh, 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 screed. Uh, best, uh, Sean. Uh, I-, I thought some of the spirit of this question, Rob, was – if you could detach yourself from your regional hangups, we've had, we've answered the question of like what football, like how do you pick a new football team? Right? Like if you hate your football team or if you're a Browns fan and they signed to Sean Watson, how do I find someone to root for? We've talked about like, how do you pick the horses you want to ride into the playoffs? where like, when your team's not in yeah. anymore. But I liked this question in the, in the idea of what do you do if you were just like sports is my oyster? Like what, you do watch a lot of different, way more than I do, um, both for some of the side work that you do and just personal interest. But if you just had to pick sports to watch now, like what, what crosses your mind? Oh, man. Just, just
1: throwing on sports. But yeah, I do watch kind of a lot. Uh, it, well, here, maybe this, if, oh, I, if yeah, someone I, came I got to it. you. I got it. I got it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, come on into the pro cycling waters. They're nice. <laughs> uh, okay. it's actually, it's actually a fascinating sport and there's both teams to get invested in and then individual riders. Uh, the, the history of sports really interesting. The strategy has, has a lot going on. Plus like, you know, a cycling event, uh, the tour de France is the, the best of them because like it is so heavily covered, but like they're all. Like nothing but gorgeous locations shot from helicopters and motorcycles and you're like, damn the world's gorgeous we should i should I should live in more parts of the world and we should protect this planet of ours uh anyway go inEo spiking team <laughs> good luck petro <laughs> petrochemical sponsored uh uh company but yeah it's like I think that is probably a Hey, this is kind of a weird sport with a lot of stuff to get into and lots of like uh-huh. lore and personalities. Why not? I think that's a I think that is a good place to get it, get into it, especially because uh there's kind of this weird thing happening in, in that sport right now where um people find uh the best writer um boring as hell. <laughs> like the sport has this uh <laughs> They he, he has a uh, uh is like this this dominant rider that people are just like, yeah, all he does is win cycling races and there's nothing else compelling about him whatsoever. Is that just Tom Brady? That's kind of the vibe is like there's just a strong like I am a robot who wins cycling races and there are rivals of his who have like, oh, man, these guys like they're the stars of like cycling anime type characters. They (laughs) lay it all out there and they like, they visibly struggle. There's, there's, there's drama with them. And then Bingo, you know, is, is this type of writer and he's surrounded by this kind of type of team where it's like, we are just going to, uh, what, you know, what's it, what's it called? Like a a road grader road grading running back, right? Where the entire Mm -hmm. system is just like, we're going to break down everyone in front of us and just beat the shit out of them. Until they can't put up any resistance, that's kind of where uh cycling is at, so you're kind of in this weird place. it's interesting to follow because one you can just get on the bandwagon uh you'll learn a lot about cycling uh following following that team uh but you can also be a hater, and there's a lot a lot of stuff to enjoy uh being a
0: hater excellent excellent answer uh well again, you can write in uh with more questions to. Questions at remapradio.com with the title sports. My guess is with the NFL playoffs uh, on the horizon, sports will be checking in uh, a little more often in the lead up to the Super Bowl. We tend to uh, uh, do a handful more of those, especially as football gets. Well, and hey, the the
1: Bulls are still in contention here. Like we might have another play in tournament run.
0: There are. Look, Chicago sports is like I know the Cubs didn't get, uh, you know, uh, Otani, but uh, the, the Cubs are on up the bulls weirdly now i'm optimistic about and the bears i'm very i mean you know look out look out chicago sports we've had no success before so you know we're we're owed it um in the meantime you can follow remap on twitter at remap radio uh you can also find us across mastodon and blue sky and threads uh on twitch at twitch.tv slash radio and on youtube at youtube.com slash at Remap Radio. Uh, we are reader funded. Uh, this episode, you know, it's got ads. Sometimes it doesn't have ads. Pay a little money, help us make all this work. You know, get us to Cincinnati. You know, the Bengals didn't make the playoffs, so there's nothing I can do. Like, I, that was that was that was part of the rules. Cincinnati. Also, I want to see Joe Burrow play. So. <laughs> If I'm, gonna, if I'm gonna be Skyline Chili for four days, I, I want like I want to see Joe Pearl play. So we'll we'll loop that back around to next September, um, and we'll we'll see if we can make that happen. But you can you can make such dreams come true, um, like the one I had with my my daughter uh, buying tickets to have us go to the Bears game, which was uh, stuff like that doesn't happen unless you uh, support things like Remap Radio at remapradio.com. Uh, and until next time, fuck capitalism. Fuck the Packers and bear down.